You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 109. Eric Butt is pretty good butt. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that really wishes that he had written down some joke he thought of a week ago, but didn't, and now you get to listen to this. My name is Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. I am Raven Perez. That was the craziest opening. Very rushed. <laughs> and now our show is a he. He gave it a pronoun. Mm-hmm. Wait. What? The show. You, you said you said he, the show that wishes he had written it down. Oh, Right. I guess I personified myself as the show. You did, James <laughs> Brown. The show and the business. <laughs> it's okay. All Technically, right. he is. He is the show. The show. The big mm-hmm. show. If Jim ate like that final burrito, you know that one that's out there waiting for all of us? If Jim ate the final burrito, this <laughs> the show would be over. out there for all of us. Yes. I'm just saying, it'd be over. Show over. Me and Craig can't do this shit. We don't know technology and recording. I'm, I'm sure you could fake it till you make it. Mm-mm. I'd refuse. Too much, too much effort. So, All right, so what, this, this, as you said, we're saying, this is the Savage <laughs> Fincast, the only show that is dedicated to the, uh, to the comic book Savage Dragon and its creator, Eric Larson, uh, coming at you again, coming at you hot and heavy. Uh, with a brand new episode, not about Savage Dragon, but it is Eric Larson related. We're going to be talking about Ant number 12, uh, which uh, has been a long, 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 and long, and long again time coming. Long time. (laughs) So we're going to have a lot of opinions about that. Mostly about how I don't know anything about Ant. Oh, that'll make two of us, my man. But you know what? I got a lot of opinions about the future of ant and i think it's going to be fun just to get our fresh-faced opinions and uh, also hear our thoughts on whether or not it is such an awesome idea to open up with an issue 12 instead of an issue one and i think there's a lot to chew on for this very dicey very controversial uh fincast mired mired some would say this is going to be our most controversial episode it's going to be mired in controversy this episode (laughs) i think every article every point is contentious only the letters are pure and wholesome other than that it's straight controversy this whole time if you're driving just don't fucking wreck that's all i'm saying now you set this up now we've got to like yeah you better be able to pay this off too dude (laughs) oh oh we're gonna 
we're gonna. You guys ready to buckle the fuck up for news item number one? Buckle your pants up. Oh my god, here it comes. It's a big one. So what's that, fir- what's that first news item about, Lair Raven? What could we possibly be talking about this episode? It was a calm, sunny Sunday. We all were resting, much like the Lord, our Maker. When all of a sudden, over the horizon, a mushroom cloud towered, a bomb dropped by letter extraordinaire Farron Delgado, who proclaimed his time with Savage Dragon was no more. According to inside sources, we got two scoops. We're like Raisin Bran up in this bitch. We hear that number <laughs> 259 will be Farron's last issue. Which already happened, so he's done. Yeah, he's donezo, man. He's out. So, a lot to chew on here, guys. Um, gotta say, just some points here. Uh... You know, the complaint from Farron was, as he parted, that it was uh, takes him twice as long and uh, to complete Savage Dragon as it does his corporate comic work. Uh, it says that he receives the pages late, uh, requiring that he marathon to get them done, no sleep, you know, 24-hour, 48-hour crunches in order to meet printing deadlines. And, uh, you know, Farron asked for an increase in pay, and he was also upset with Eric uh, based on a debate on Stan Lee's merits uh, on the Jack Kirby fan page that Eric curates. Uh, well, I'd say one of the things, though, he did mention that he was kind of upset about was, you know, he'd get all these pages last minute. Eric would say that, you know, there's a deadline to meet the printer. And then he said, you know, he would see Eric kind of on social media the whole time. You know what I mean? Like spending yep. all this time on social media and that was kind of pissing him off. I mean, right. I guess for the listeners, if you guys aren't on Facebook, just to kind of step back a few points, right? is that Farron kind of had this blow up rant on his, on his own page and then he also posted some rants on the Savage Dragon fan page. And they were pretty nasty, I think, in tone. And it was just kind of a fed up, like, I'm done with this. I'm done getting abused kind of tone. Um, so just as a little feedback to that, you can see the original kind of post on the Savage Dragon fan page. One of our fin cast, uh, fin heads in the uh, group did tell us, you know, uh, that the Google Translate did not 100% accurately convey Farron's tone. Um, oh, so he's Italian, right? Uh, Greece. Spanish. Oh, he's no. It lives in Greece, right? I think you're thinking of uh, Nikos. He's either Spanish Nikos? or Nik- Nikos is Greek. All right, sorry, my apologies. I think he's either from Sp- Spain or Italy, and I'm going to get trashed for not knowing. Yeah, whatever. what dog shit? We really didn't do our due diligence here. But like, the thing is, is this the the point is, is that the um, topic came up on social media. Uh, that's how we all got the information. Uh, hyperbole in you know theatrics aside, Farron dropped a post onto Facebook, and um, you know he just basically said he was done. He like resigned publicly, and he aired his grievances with his work conditions publicly, and uh, you know this did find its way uh, to the Savage Dragon uh, Eric Larson Facebook group, which is very 
active. If you're listening to this, there's like a 90% chance that you're a member of that group. However, uh, you know, then, of course, fans ended up weighing in. Uh, and, you know, it went really deep. Eventually, Eric did get to have his say. I don't even know how, you know, no no need to speculate, but I don't, I don't even think he initially even knew because Farron, like, blocked him, then posted it, right? Uh, well, I believe uh, Farron had blocked him previously for the Stanley Kirby kerfluffle. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna drop that little juicy nugget. So, here's the thing: is that like, uh, you know, it's worth stating that at the end of the day, uh, they just they they parted ways. You know, that's it. So everything else that we're really saying is just our own opinions on this. Uh, I got a little speculation to drop in there, a little letterer's insight to bring to the conversation i think these are important things like if you're a finhead and i think you need to know this stuff right but uh I, I think it's stuff to think about so first off uh i'm not gonna you know sugarcoat it it ain't great to hear that there's like a 24 hour uh any kind of like 24 hour turnaround requested of anybody you know that's not great it's just not good. It's not really kind of a, like a respectful thing of someone's time. You don't know what people might have going on in their life. Uh, right, another, just to expect such a quick turnaround last minute, you know. That's, right. That's asking a lot from somebody. That's asking a lot from anybody. And especially when you uh, add to the fact that, you know, typically if Savage Dragon is late, uh, it's usually late by like a month or more, sometimes two months. And it's like, I don't know, just my opinion is at that point, what would it matter if it took, you know, longer? Right? Right. So, yeah, that's not great. That's not good. And um, to be fair, you know, Eric never said that didn't happen. So, apparently, we can we can take it that that, you know, complaint that, you know, that it thing work was dropped in his lap uh, with short turnarounds was completely... Uh, completely true and the other thing is is that Farron uh you know he issued these demands when he said apparently him and Eric they had a talk and when he said he wanted to you know change things he said that he didn't want to work uh any weekends and he didn't want to do more than four pages a day and uh you know no more rush jobs or whatever else right all right so all I wanted to throw in this just a little insight for you guys uh you know, Farron himself was talking about sometimes how he could spend as much as two hours a page lettering, right? Right. Look, I just want to throw in the insight. I've been digitally lettering for like over 20 years. That's a long time. <laughs> like, right. that's very slow. Like, I'm just telling you that like that is very slow. And I think so that I guess kind that's. Is that where the four pages a day, if it's two hours a page, it's eight hours? Right. And so what sounds like kind of a, at first, to like a reasonable request, like I, I have to tell you that that is insanely slow. You can typically letter a page in 30 minutes, especially when the words are being given to you. You know, it's really just sort of like copy and pasting them and arranging them to make them, you know, fit attractively in a word balloon, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's not like writing like 
you know, you, I'm saying I can letter a page in 30 minutes to an hour. That's with me writing, like me, 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 like looking at a line and be like, man, that could be better and, and workshopping. It still doesn't take me that long. So I'm just going to say that, you know, with a little letterer's insight, that's very slow. And the problem with this whole thing about the work turnaround or whatever else, and the reason why I wanted to just bring this insight to this conversation is that um, what initially was being sort of painted as like, you know, all oh, these are bad work environment, work conditions or whatever else, you know, I can 100% agree that having work dropped in your lap with a 24-hour to 48-hour turnaround is inconsiderate. It's not good. But I also, you have to see both sides of the coin here. I mm-hmm. cannot imagine that your average Savage Dragon issue takes truly two hours to letter a single page digitally. I just can't. Even with word balloons and uh, sound effects, like even right. with sound effects, I, I'm sorry. It's I, it's not a Michael Bendis talking heads most of the time issue. No, uh, and it, it, they, you know, Eric, Eric and him had a, a bit of not, not genuine back and forth because like, you know, they couldn't see it. But like uh, Farron posted in the most recent issue, there's literally a talking heads pinup. And Farron right. posted that example and was like, hey, look at this page. He was like, this takes forever. Like, this is a nightmare. It was like, so getting... misleading, though, because that's one page. Well, that was what was so funny is Eric said, yeah, but in that same issue, he said, look at this page and this page and this page. And he literally gave six examples of splash pages that had a single word balloon where the word balloon would be like, oh, shit. So, th- so Ra- Raven, as someone that knows maybe or has an insider view on this. Right. When you get a page rate for lettering, does it matter whether it's a million words or two sentences on a page? You get the same rate per page, or how does that work? Typically, the way it's done is you get the same rate regardless, and that's to keep things fair because if there is a heavy page and then a page with it no lettering... It evens out at the end. It all evens out, right. So the thing is, is one could assume whether he put down a single word balloon or whether he put down like 25, he was like ferret himself throughout 25 as a number, as a point of contention, like 25 word balloons on a page. Well, for one, I know you bros both know, but like your average Savage Dragon page does not have 25 fucking word balloons. It doesn't. And so I guess on the other end of that, there's a lot of the, you know, sound effects, sound effects. Yes. And I'm not going to say that those sound effects are nothing. Because a lot of the times, if you have a sound effect behind characters, the reality of that is, is the letterer has to chop out the character, right? To make that appear as if it was behind the drawn character. However, this is where I don't have insight that would be nice to have. I will tell you that if those layers are being presented to him with the flats intact then it is simply a matter of clicking a magic wand on the flat and it instantly selects the outline of the flat shape of the character. And then you can just come up to the layer where your sound effect is and hit delete and boom, the word looks like it's behind the character. It and does. Even that, it, even that is fast, it's is ma- what I'm it's, saying. It's magic. It, it is very nice. So Should you're referring to it as onomatopoeia, or do they just call it sound effects? Or what? Uh, it's kind of like how a frame is a panel is a you know it's not like nailed down like you know they call word balloons they're like oh the tail the pointer it's like in comics everything has like three names the sfx yeah the sfx so 
so Farron was kind of framing it like, oh, I don't even make minimum wage on, on Savage Dragon. But to me, right. you're getting a page rate that he, you know, one thing that was frustrating me on, on the Savage Dragon fan page where a lot of this was going down was, you know, oh, Eric's a terrible boss. He's a horrible yes. person. And it's like, wait a minute. Farron's a contractor. You know, he's, he's hired. Right. He's a hired contractor. He sets his own page rate. Right. So if that's unacceptable to him, then he needs to change his rate, which, of course, right now he, you know, with what he was talking about, he, he's, he was pushing for that. Right. But he, he did 30-something pages at this rate. So you really can't complain 30 if you're issues. the one setting – I'm 30-something issues. Right. You can't really complain if you're the one setting that rate. And to me, you know, maybe that rate was lower because he got some – you know, exposure by doing Savage Dragon. I don't really know how much he did before Savage Dragon. I didn't know him before Savage Dragon. But to me, you're working on an image book with an image founder that's giving you some credibility. Whether Savage Dragon sells, you know, 5,000 copies or 100,000 copies, right. to be able to put on your resume that you lettered, you know, Eric Larson's comic has got to go some you know he's got to give something for you and then i think eric even pulled him over when he did some work at at marvel i think that's i think he lettered either the spider-man one or the captain america the end comic right so i mean i i gotta f- think that some you know even if he got the cheaper rate is a it gave him access to like a pro to start off with right um and so there's some exposure there now right I get you wanting more, but Eric kind of addressed a lot of that where he was asking for double, you know, the rates. And the way Eric kind of framed it, and maybe I'm jump, jumping too far ahead. No, that's that fine. They had a big disagreement on the whole uh, Stan Lee's contributions to Jack Kirby because they're both on the Jack, one of these Jack Kirby Facebook pages. And yes. Farron's a big proponent of Kirby, you know gets all the credit and stanley gets none and eric disagrees Mm -hmm. and so part of that left a bad taste and eric i think is coming to the fact that you know farron kind of doubled his prices in a way just to get out of working on savage dragon at least that's the way it seems uh, how he framed it look i just want to say i feel like you're 100 percent accurate the the thing is is this what we kind of touched on is that when you are dealt with the page rate so your work fluctuates. Some days you have heavy pages. Some days you put one word balloon down and you're done with the next page. So it's like uh, how hard your day is really kind of depends on how, you know, it's, it's random. It's a wild card thing. But basically it's not that every single page is terrible. And more or less you can kind of dictate your own pace. Again, you're a freelancer or whatever else. If you're given a 24-hour like deadline, just, just miss it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hate to say it, but, like, that's a reality of if somebody well, drops. If Okay, sorry. No, oh, no, no, it's fine. I, I agree. I'm agreeing with you that I think that the real point of contention, Eric's, you know, said that he believes that, quote, this is Eric's words verbatim, the Lee Kirby stuff set him off. After that, he was looking for an excuse to leave. Listen, here's the insight that we know. If you were in that group, Farron was pretty damned, like, frequent with his Stan Lee bashing and he hates the man and it's fine we're not here to solve that but I will say that like that particular group it was an every literally everyday occurrence to the point to where you know 
Eric had to say something. And I honestly believe that when Eric, and I noticed, I would, I noticed that same day I'm in that group and I saw it happen. I noticed that day that, that, that the constant Stanley bashing was addressed that they unfriended like, and I, it was fair. And I believe who did the unfriending. Cause I've seen Eric do have much bigger yeah. disagreements than this and stay friends with people. Right. And so like Todd McFarlane, you know, when him and Todd parted ways on spawn, they didn't unfriend each other or burn bridges, you know, right. whenever like, uh, he even helped Peter David down the road and their feud was famous. And so it's like, I don't really think Eric is like out there burning bridges over this petty shit. But I tell you that Farron like unfriended him that day and they never did. Like, I think like it was never did like get reconciled. You know what I'm saying? It's because Eric wouldn't come to the point of saying that Stanley didn't do anything. He and and, and the funny thing is that Eric is the biggest Kirby proponent. Oh my God. Farron's take is that, you know, Stanley doesn't owe any credit and Stan Eric's take is like, look, he had to applauded some of this stuff. And he pointed out different things saying, look, Stanley had a hand in some of it. Not saying that Stanley, you know, deserves more than his fair share of credit, but he did do some stuff that, you know, is obvious. Guys, can and I tell you? It just doesn't sit well with a lot of people. And there's a lot of Kirby people and there's a lot of Stanley people that are divided and it doesn't sit well. But I just don't understand, like, <laughs> at this point, like just ar- having those arguments where you're like, it's almost like a political argument, you know, it is. <laughs> it, it's, it's like Democrat and Republican and as tribes and people cannot see eye to eye on it. The fucking crazy thing about that group is that honest to God, like that group is so pro Kirby. It's almost, to well, the it's point a of- Jack Kirby group, you know, like what right. do you expect? You know, it's not a Stan Lee group. It's a Jack Kirby group, but it's just that people cannot recognize that Stanley contributed anything it just seems ridiculous. To I me. just want to paint for the listener, the group, because I think it's important to notice that like when this falling out happened, you're talking about a group that loves Jack Kirby so much that it is regularly said that he was the pinnacle of comics and literally it'll never get better. Like it's all downhill. Like, like literally I, yeah, I yeah. see that post every fucking other day. I'm not even yeah. joking. So it's right. important to note that like nobody really was shitting on Jack in the least, right. you know, the, the, t- it the was just giving con- Stanley credit. That was the problem. The, what's funny is the tiniest concession. Eric's yeah. Eric's like, when he's in that group, the thing he literally says is he's like, look, who knows? Really, no one knows. But the one thing everyone can agree with is they did their best work together. Right. That, that's the only thing anybody really knows because no one really knows. And that was t- a bridge too far. And I'm going to tell you guys, look, here's the thing. This is pure speculation now. I said I'd warn you when I got into speculation town. <laughs> so this is speculation. I think that that is the fucking true, like, thorn in that was the divide right there. And I I think think that the idea of having to letter now two books, because if you look at the timing, Ant was coming out. Yeah. I think the idea of having to letter two books for this man who he did not like. And then in addition, he stated, I don't need to do this when I get work with Marvel and DC and I'm doing less work and I'm getting, you know, better rates. I think he said better rates. And so he was the 
they don't care as much about how the lettering looks. And no. if you look at the stuff on the DC stuff, it doesn't look as good. But it's Farron, fine, and that's what they want. What's funny is Farron even said himself, he said it's easier to put an oval around the word balloons for DC than it is to give the, quote, retro-style balloons for Savage Dragon. And here's the right. thing. Can I just say, in defense of retro-style balloons, like Nate Fl- Nate Picos of Blambot, you know, lettering legend in the comic yeah. world. If you know Nate, his letters are in every book in the fucking world right now. And it's they, he has coined the phrase, inflate the balloon. Mm-hmm. And that's all Eric was asking in terms of old retro style word balloons is just for the listener. If you don't know what it is, we can articulate it perfectly to draw an oval just around some word balloons leaves a bunch of dead, empty white space and it covers art unnecessarily. If you quote unquote inflate the balloon, all you're really doing is just you're tightening the word balloon around the letters so that it covers minimal art and that's more, it. They come out more squarish, kind of. They look way. more squarish, typically. And so it's it's funny for these to be complaints. Like, when, to me, again, these are just normally aesthetically pleasing things. But, hey, look, man. It's a shame. I think it would be unfair of us to not end this by saying, Farron did say, he was like, look, you know, uh, for whatever it's worth, I enjoyed my time. Right. Savage Dragon. He's like, I did enjoy my work. He was like, and it's nothing personal, it's business. Even though, speculation. I think it is personal. <laughs> but, he says, it's just business. You know, I just can't do all this. You know, I need more money or whatever else. Guys, I know I've been talking a lot, but I'm sorry. I just kind of think, Craig, you said it. In the public court of that Facebook group, it's important to note that Pretty much, people were super down on Eric, right? Well, a part of that is because Eric didn't respond either. Right, right. But I just wanted to say, I feel like it's fair to drop these insights in there because uh, it's important to note that stuff. You know, uh, two hours a page is undoubtedly slow. And knowing the, uh, this is a tale as old as time. I'm getting paid more to do less. The comics industry's full of that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, how many guys go on to only do covers? Because was it you? You had a story where he said, like Dave Johnson said, uh, he only does. No, Mark Welzer told the story. He said yeah. he asked Dave Johnson why he doesn't do interiors anymore, and he's like, interiors are for suckers. Yeah, yeah. Because because you know he gets paid more to right. draw a cover, and it's easier. Well, I think that's what it comes down to. I think there's a few things, but I think it's. All right, well, Farron's getting more work from DC. Yep. It's more, a little more money, and it's a lot yep. less work. And yep. so I don't know if I can blame him. I mean, you know, it's business. He's got to make a living, right? Right, right. Uh, I do think a little bit, you know, I think he wants off Dragon because of that. I think this might be, might have been an out because uh, I don't think he really got along with Eric. Like you're saying on, on the Kirby stuff, it was really contentious on that stuff. Big time. And even when he posted on the fan book page, he's like, we didn't have a relationship really outside of just, you know, they didn't have conversations or anything like that. Right. I mean, you hear stories shoot, between shoot. Eric and Chris Eliopoulos. They're good friends. You know, when yeah. Eric goes to New York Comic Con, he stayed at Chris's house or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that type of relationship. It was just all business. And so, 
you know, Farron's at this point now has made a name for himself. He's moving on to DC. I didn't think it was necessary to to bash Eric like he did. Now, am I saying Eric's an angel? No, I think Eric probably did give him too many pages at too much of a last minute. Yeah, and that sucks, you know. And if it keeps doing that, it sucks. I don't know if they had a conversation and Farron was like, "Look, you can't do this anymore." Or if it was just a blow up at the end, like, you know, this is bullshit. And if that was like a blindsided blow up, maybe Eric didn't realize like he was kind of being shitty by doing that, you know? Well, like you said, 30 issues, if you're delivering 30 issues and then you have a blow up, it's kind of like, whoa, well, I didn't know it was a problem. Right. And we don't know that. I mean, maybe Farron did was, you know, maybe kind of said it multiple times and Eric right. wasn't listening. And if that's the case, well, then, you know, shame on Eric. But right. I don't know. I don't know that. I hear both sides. I see points on both sides. Right. I, you know, but again, it was just kind of a bad taste in my mouth to hear people bashing Eric without Eric kind of chiming in. And the way. I just feel like there's a lot of fans that don't understand how comics work, and I don't completely understand that as, as a fan. <laughs> but they were just treating it like Eric was some kind of corporate CEO boss and, and mistreating his workers kind of tone. And it was like, what? I'm like, I don't know if that's really That was very correct. silly. Yeah, that was very silly. That was very off base. I saw a lot of that. And I just want to say it's like, dude, you know, when you're dealing with a small book – it's not like a corporation. It's not. It's more like no. just some friends, like right. trying to make a fucking thing exist. And well, and I, people still have this like idea in their head that Image is like creating the books, like like Marvel. You know what I mean? Like right. it's some big company, and, and right. Eric's kind of like the head editor or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what they think, but it just comes off like kind of weird. I will, I will say that I think there's a lot of misconceptions, and uh, I think that, unfortunately, I don't think that Farron's uh, exit interview, his public exit interview, was 100% fair. I think he actually probably could have easily said that he just didn't like the rush jobs, and that literally would have been enough. Yeah. But then he went yeah. on to talk about like some of the other stuff, and I was just like, well, I mean, you know, that's comics <laughs> like you're it's you're funny because things that are on the other end you know we've definitely seen larson air a little bit of dirty laundry like the fallout with spawn and stuff like that so sometimes it's like you know what i mean i don't want to be like that yes man because eric's definitely kind of oh shared, yeah probably overshared background stuff but well, here's the thing i just say that i'm ne- i'm never on the side of keep quiet i think everybody yeah. should talk like, you, you 100% should talk. And I think that's why I felt, like, cool going into all this stuff. Because I think the problem in comics, like all comics, not just corporate comics, but, like, all comics, is that there is way too much, like, veil of secrecy. There's, there's way too much people not talking. And I think that, like, you really do owe it, like, when you leave to say something. And like you said, Craig, dude, Eric has blown fucking people's shit up before. Like, he doesn't right. care to, like, just get into it right there. So, I mean, I think it's fine. Uh, I just feel like there was a little bit more to this that was worth talking about. Uh, a little bit of stuff to, like, consider. If you want to be truly even-handed. Like you said, it's not like one of those things where it's like any one guy comes out of this smelling like roses. But I also think that, like, it wasn't 100% accurate of a depiction of things. And I'll also end by just saying that like, you know, 
I really don't have anything to say past this point, but it's just that, like, uh, oh, I forgot my final point, bros. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me jump in then. Yeah. I think on, on the page you said, you know, this sucks and, you know, it's the book's going to take yeah. a hit, I think, in not so many words. But Eric agreed with you and yes. he was like, yeah, it, it does suck. I would say that the, the Larson, Delgado, Kutsis, uh, I'm going to butcher uh, Nikos' name, but that that team has been one of the best teams that Savage Dragon has had. I mean, Agreed. we praise Farron's letters all, you know, constantly during the show. And, yeah. I mean, I can't take that away from the guy. The guy is a you know, it's digital lettering, yes, but it still looks awesome and it looks better than most digital letters yeah that's on the important. stands if not all yeah that's important to say like i 100 percent want to say like uh i definitely think it's a tremendous loss i think he's insanely talented uh i wish the guy the absolute best of luck like 100 percent and uh really i i do think he was probably more valued than he realized like i don't think he realized he said something in a follow-up post about, like, a DC editor sending him a little, like, thank you for our, all your hard work and shit like that. And he's like, oh, this is how you're treated when you're valued and stuff like that. And it's like, man, I just think that, like, you were probably more appreciated than you realized. Like, we've interviewed. We interviewed Eric round about the time that Farron came on. Mm-hmm. And listeners, if you remember, like, Eric was this gushing about the guy. He was like, you know, this guy is really, like, fantastic, like, really, like, does that amazing retro style look so well. And, uh, yeah, dude, he'll be missed, like, 100%. And that was just the fucking news. Item one. (laughs) Any, any, uh, any other thing to add? Any, Jim, you got anything or? Nope. Sounds like everything's been covered. (laughs) (laughs) There you Uh, go. Alright, so what do we got next? Uh, oh, this is exciting to me. I know Raven's pretty excited. I, I don't know, Jim, if you're, you're so much into these things. I am I'm s- indifferent. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm super into the old school muscle figures from the 80s. If you're 40 years old or older, uh, maybe late 30s, you'll remember uh, the muscle characters, the, which in Japan, I guess the term's keshi, but the little flesh-colored kind of plastic-molded, uh, they don't pose or anything like that. What, what would you say? They're about like an inch and a half, two inches? Yes, about like an inch and a half to two inches tops. Yeah, so uh, they've kind of been making a comeback with like Super 7 doing like He-Man versions or or wrestling versions of them. But the big thing was the muscle men, which in Japan is known as Kaniku man. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, Eric Nilla customs. I assume the guy's name is Eric Nilla. Yes. E R I C N I L L A. Uh, he's going to be releasing a bootleg version of, uh, Savage dragon, um, as a Keshi, uh, figure. He also has Invincible, uh, the Max, and Spawn um, in his catalog. And so, they're, of course, they're bootlegs. It's not really an official thing, but it's really neat for fans of uh, Muscle or Kaniku Man that like these Keshi figures to just have some of these image characters. So, uh, 
Raven and I are super into it. I, I collected muscles when I was uh, uh, a wee tot and had like a <laughs> ton of them. And I, f- I recently found them in my mom's uh, attic. So I uh, busted those all out. And when I go to Japan, I like to go – like they've got – it's huge there. So the Kaniku Man thing is, is a giant uh, – uh, a big deal over there i've got manga books and cart tons of cartoons and stuff like that and so um i'm a fan and it's pretty cool to see someone doing uh their savage dragon version i mean i i know raven we've always talked about how cool it would be to do like the savage dragon universe as kind of like catchy figures and at least have savage dragon is kind of cool it was very validating uh when you posted this on the group, somebody like commented, this is the only way to do Savage Dragon justice. And I was like, yes, dude, this is a guy that gets it. Because as we discussed mm. previously, the only way, it was the same thing with Kaneku Man. Kaneku Man has a cast of like hundreds of characters. The right. only way and you're going to... They're so wacky like Savage Dragon characters too. Yeah. And, and, and the only way you'll ever make a toy line with hundreds of characters is to make them small. And just crank right. out a bunch of them. And that's why it's so perfect. Um, the only thing I want to add, uh, you did a fantastic job, basically covered everything, is that uh, Eric Nilla is doing the casting. So he's the one that is, like, uh, casting these bad boys, but it was actually sculpted by uh, the Rojo... Uh, hold on, I got it. It's uh, the Rojo Toy. That's uh, T-H-E-R-O-J-O-T-O-Y. So if you want to take a look at uh, the Spawn, uh, the Max, uh, Invincible, and uh, uh, Savage Dragon, of course, original sculpts. Because as cool as the Keshi are, like, it's cool to see the original sculpts, too. So yeah. check his Instagram out, uh, the Rojo, at the Rojo Toy. Uh, very cool. Uh, I don't know. Just like you I, said. So... Where well, you could buy it, and I didn't really state it, is Eric Nilla, E-R-I-C-N-I-L-L-A dot store envy dot com. Yep. Uh, and he's right now selling a set of Dragon and Invincible, or you could buy them separate. And also you've got choices of colors, so you could get the flesh color, which is like the typical kind of uh, muscle Kaniku Man, old school. That's They only came in flesh color to begin with. And then they started releasing them in different colors. But so for Savage Dragon, you can get them in green, green with like blood splatter. So it's just a green and red kind of uh, poly dye, I guess. Uh, different different types of plastic um, or the flesh. And say I think Invincible is blue, blue with like blood spl- red splatter or flesh. Yes, very awesome. Super hype. Did you did you get a uh, your own or you? I got uh, a I got a green dragon. You got green. I had to go with a flesh color just because I, all my muscle men are flesh, and so I wanted it to fit in with all those. I, uh, Even though I kind of wanted green because it's dragon, but I just I felt I had to go like original old school. I kind of like what was funny is I wanted to get the flesh. I was like, man, I gotta go flesh. But then, like as I started thinking about my childhood, I had a lot of the like uh, multicolor keshi. Yeah. Like, I had, like, the purple. that They did a wave of purple and a wave of, like, orange and a wave in of In muscle or? At, in muscle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I kind of was like, I was like, you know what? I, I tried to re- reach deep down inside. What would what would young Raven? Because we're talking, like, Craig, when I was into this shit, dude, I was in, like, kindergarten, dude. 
like not kindergarten, maybe like second or third tops. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, I think I was in like fifth or sixth or something. And I think little me would have gone for the green one. <laughs> I think little me would have if it was available. But like I said, I all my all my original muscle men of flesh colors that that's what they're known for. So I stuck with it. I didn't you find? It, but didn't you find your original collection recently? Yeah, so I said my mom's attic. I found all of them. I have like. I don't know, hundreds or something. I don't know how many they made, but I got a ton of them. For the listener, so, he also found the wrestling ring where you can, <laughs> it's like... All kind of busted, but... Hey, they, they were busted when they were brand new, though, dude. So, like, <laughs> you would jam, like, those little two-inch figures in, like... A, it had, like, a little arm that came up with, little like... pincher, yeah. Pincher, yeah. you jam them in there, and then you had remote controls, almost like an arcade yeah, game. Yeah, but just over time, like, the, the plastic on those pinches <laughs> would just bend... You know, and they just snap off. What's funny is the whole point of the toy is you were just using this fucking ridiculous contrivance to slam the figures together. So, like, ours broke, dude. Like, the little, like, hooks just broke off and it could no longer hold the guy. It's so funny. Ridiculous. It's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. All right. So, I guess we should move on. We're eating up a lot of time here. But, yeah, (laughs) super stoked about that. Very stoked. So our last bit of news is uh, Carnivore Comics at CarnivoreComics.com has a, had a limited 300 copy run of for the upcoming Ant Number 1, uh, but it has been sold out before this recording. However, there are super expensive in the $75 to $225 range uh, graded versions, CGC graded versions, with both the Ant title and a uh, non-titled virgin, co- virgin, virgin cover. The cover artist is uh, John Gallagher, and the cover itself is an homage to Action Comics number one with Ant lifting an ice cream truck. I've only just seen this today, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, f- it's like a painted cover. Yeah, apparently this artist is most well known for doing like uh, re- realistic paintings of like uh, CW uh, show characters like Flash and uh, what have you. And it's cool to, like you mentioned that, like... Craig was pointing out, like, take a look at Ant. Like, look at her body, like, the way he did it. It's very flash. Well, it, it's it, it's got a ridge, well, it's got, like, piping, like it's a, like, a live-action superhero costume. Right. Uh, in, well, in the, in the style of current live-action superhero costumes. Um, like, what this, Even, what this might, sorry. instead of being, like, a, like a, what, like the carapace, like we see in the comic, it's, it, 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 it's more like something a real person might wear. Uh, right. Although the eyes are a bit odd to me. It's like, the, like she's yeah, wearing goggles. That, yeah, the headpiece looks like some kind of helmet or something. I, I think the guy, like it says, known for, you know, live action shows or doing promotion for that. So he's painting kind of in that style, too. Definitely. I think it's a cool, I think it's a really kick-ass variant. Yeah, and it was kind of like announced a little fanfare, at least in the circles I travel, so I didn't find out about it until way late when the 300 run was already kind of sold out. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that there was anyone doing variant covers for Ant 1. Uh, I guess Carnivore Comics, from my understanding, kind of specialize in doing these kind of special runs on issues. Makes sense. Uh, which There's we've a couple- seen with other companies, right? With that, that, What's the one that did the Savage Dragon green cover for 250? Like oh, I know what you mean. Scorpion. Like specialized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scorpion or something like that. 
Well, I'm just goddamn dissatisfied. Uh, I wanted uh, all the ant variants, and now I'm short one. And now you see your folly? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you repent? You get a s- nope. You can get a slabbed one for seventy-five bucks, or a signed slab one for two hundred and twenty-five bucks. I won't do that. Nope. I'll do anything for variance, but I won't do that. <laughs> Sooner or later, we'll be fucking around. <laughs> I'm just Already, very. I'm, what's up? I, I'm just very like uh, thrilled. I think there's an energy around Ant Number One. I feel like it's just kind of like there's an energy building. I hope so. I mean, it would be nice to see this be very successful for Eric. Yes, agreed. I think it's cool. So, I'm just saying, do this shit. Should we jump into the mail? We got we got Let's a please. good amount this time. Yep. Yeah. Um. So last time, uh, well, maybe you, Craig, you should tell the listeners this. Sure. Um, so I guess well, our letters typically tie in with our interesting conversations bit. So um, our interesting conversations, as you know, is uh, a segment we do where we kind of throw out a question or topic, and we want to get our we we talk about it, and then we like to get our listeners to chime in and give us their take on it. Uh, and you can reach us at savagefincast at gmail dot com with your responses. So. We got four letters uh, regarding our last interesting conversation question, which was, um, if North Force uh, became a regular series, what would be your dream team of uh, creators on on the series? And I think we said, you know, you can't, can't throw Eric on it. It's got to be somebody else. And so we got four letters. And Jim, you going to start us off on the first one? Sure. Letter coming in saying, okay, guys, you got me. I'm finally writing in again. You called me out a few episodes ago, and I actually started drafting a letter after such a savage attack on my character, but real life got in the way, and I never finished it. So I'm going to keep this one short and to the point. If we're looking for Canadian writers to take on North Force, and the first person who comes to mind is Jeff Lemire. I'd like to see him take the Black Hammer approach with this book and make it a little different than your standard superhero book. Eric has given him uh, some great material to build on, and I'd love to see what he could do with it. As your artist, I do like Jim's suggestion of Paul Pelletier, as I've been a fan ever since I saw his work on X-Mutants and Malibu. However, one artist I think could really compliment Jeff Lemire is, is Lee Weeks. I'm such a fan of his work, and he could be given free reign to draw the book as he, see, as he sees fit. I think we could see some real magic. That's it. That's all I've got. But let me just say thanks again for all the work you guys put into the FinCast. It's no exaggeration to say that it is the podcast I most look forward to and always queue it up as soon as it's released. Keep up the great work. Uh, Andrew de Etremont. Nice. Thank you, sir. I'm going to have to double check who Lee Weeks is. I Googled his art. Let me tell you. He's an amazing good. artist. Pretty yeah, damn good. He's freaking cool. You know, I guess I forgot. Unless, I don't know. I don't remember talking about... Paul Pelletier and X Mutants, but I totally remember seeing all the ads for X Mutants when like Image first came out. Yeah, I, I'm Through I'm Malibu. aware of X Mutants, but I've never ever actually looked at it. When I uh, didn't even know it existed, I was like, "What the really?" Yeah, you, when, you never you've never heard of X Mutants, the f- the very famous Sega Genesis video game based on the no. hit comic yeah. book. They did make the game. Yeah, it's is true. this from the Berenstain universe? What are you guys talking about? <laughs> don't worry, I, don't, I I'm on it. <laughs> 
I don't remember that well, at all, dude. So X Mutants were like, I, I believe a lot of their ads were in like early Image comics. So when Image broke off, for, well, when the guys broke off from Marvel and started Image, you know, it was under like Malibu Boo to start before they kind of separated from Malibu. And Malibu had like X Mutants and what Dinosaurs for Hire and yes. like a couple other books. But, so you've um, heard of Dinosaurs I, for Hire. Right, yeah, exactly, 100%. I just remember all those ads because they were tied in with all the image stuff, and it's, like, burned in my memory because it was so exciting when, you know, the image comics was coming out, you know? And so Malibu was pumping all their books, and they also had, like, the Malibu Insider or whatever, which was, like, their kind of previews-type catalog. Oh, my God, uh, Jim. X-Mutants is auto-completed with sega genesis when you look for it really <laughs> yes you know what this the is? art was always cool and like intriguing to me i was like you know i, I would look at it well yeah, when i'm, I, I'm actually I, as i look at the genesis box art i'm pretty sure that's paul pelletier he has a particular yeah, way of drawing I, faces i mean yes. the art looked great to me as a kid yeah, it looks good now. Like, I'm looking at this now, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. this is pretty kick-ass, actually. Yeah, uh, Andrew, kick-ass choices, man. I, I think you got a good creative team here. I think that uh, I, I would love to see uh, would love to see this creative team uh, pump out a North Force book. I think they'd do a great job. Well, and Jeff Lamar, he's got his, like, that Sweet Tooth book is like a sh- TV show now. Oh, that's you know, who he like, is. Yeah. Oh, you don't know who Jeff Lemire is either. Amazing, <laughs> our Raven. Yeah, he's a he's a he's he's a like nuclear fire like writer right now. Uh, yes. Underwater well, welder was. I remember that. Being Black famous. Black Hammer, Black Hammer is one of the best comics of the last four or five years. You don't say you, that about. Didn't everything. you love Descender too, Jim? I have not. No. I have not read Ascender Descender. Oh, I okay. uh, it's one of the books I kept kind of in my back pocket for a rainy day. Gotcha. Because I missed so much of it before I realized like I should be I should have been reading it the whole time. So someday I've just got to dedicate a lot of time to it. Right, um, right. Dear listener, to be fair, Jim thinks every comic he's reading is the best comic <laughs> of this thing. So I never know. I never know how to do. It. You like crossover? Hey man, that's good. I wish every comic I, I felt like every comic. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think crossover is the best comic in the last four or five years. So you really think like Jeff Lemire delivered the best comic the last four or five years? Yeah, Black Hammer, absolutely. At least one uh, can, top ten contender. Goddamn, another one to read. I guess right. I don't know if you'd like it. It's um, it's very deconstruction. It's intellectual. It's very um, it it, it plays with tropes a lot. It's hard to describe. There's nothing wrong with deconstruction work. I, I like that. That's through Dark, uh, dark Horse, right? Uh, yeah, Black Hammer is Dark Horse. Dark, Black Hammer through Dark Horse. Got it. You wouldn't like it, Raven. It's got too many words. <laughs> 25-word balloons a page? <laughs> All right. I'll give it a shot. All right. Well, 25 and I'm out. <laughs> Why don't we jump on to the next letter? Uh, so it goes, Hello, guys. I've been listening to the FinCast for years. I love it. Thank you for everything you are doing. On the last episode, you asked who would be a good creative team for North Force. Here is my opinion. Andy Kuhn would be great as the artist on the book. I think Nate Bellagarde would be great, too. 
If Eric isn't available slash too busy, the writer could be Joe Casey. He is used to writing team books and cosmic stories. Frank Fosco is an amazing artist, but I would prefer to see him work on Powerhouse or Etherian. He goes on to say, Ant will start next month. I'm very interested by it. Last time you seemed to dislike Ant 2's cover. Could you say more about it? Since Savage Dragon 242, we know that Eric wants to use conspiracy theories with Ant stories. Eric is not a conspiracy theorist, obviously, and seems to want to have fun with these weird stories in the new Ant volume. We shouldn't forget that he is thinking about Ant for years. A decade now? Question mark. So I think we should not worry about what is to come. I'm sure it will be fun. Can't wait for Savage Dragon 260 and the new episodes of the Fincast. Take care. Mail France. Sweet. We got a listener in France. Uh, I just want to say there's a place in France where the naked ladies dance. And if you know where that <laughs> is, Mail, please let me know. I need to know where the hole in the wall where the guys can see it all is. <laughs> You're fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> where do you come up with this shit? Just, you know, my brain. My brain. I don't remember hating Ant Number Two's cover. I, uh, I think it looks uh, pretty cool. I was uh, concerned about it. It was primarily. Oh, me. yeah, the culprit. Yeah, Debbie Downer over here. <laughs> what? What was? Oh, was the? Was it because it was the like? Um, and all the Middle Eastern looking people on it. So yeah. I'm gonna go one out and say I think you're problematic, Jim. Sure. I think those are just guys with beards. We'll I think I have an answer to that, and I'll talk about it in the meat and potatoes. Ooh, nice. I think I understand why it's there. Oh, okay. oh right. Okay, I think, uh, although I don't know the context, I think I know the reason. Does Ant go to Beard Island? Yes. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, I think what that you- Nate Bilgard is fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, he's incredible. Andy is fucking great too i'm just saying like if you're flipping if i'm flipping that coin i'm uh you know i mean i'm happy either way geez but like i don't know like i want i kind of want like nate to do more work i feel like he doesn't get it like enough work out there and so it's like yeah dude put him on a north force book any day of the fucking week his image x uh his skybound x cover beautiful i actually got a commission of him with Super Patriot and Savage Dragon, I told him to do whatever he wanted. Yeah, Super Patriot on the shitter with Savage Dragon, like, busting through the wall. It's actually pretty funny. <laughs> I've but, seen it. Um, it's fantastic. <laughs> he's got a wicked sense of humor. I think the one thing... Do you remember Nowhere Men when he was on that? Mm-hmm. I didn't read it, but I do. I remember. It was him and Eric Stevenson, and I think he yes. kind of had... I don't think he could, like... I think he had just issues where he couldn't get get stuff done and they kind of moved on so i think he has a trouble kind of keeping a a typical comics pace which which book which book was that nowhere man nowhere man oh nowhere man yeah okay which his art was fucking incredible on i wish he would have stuck with it like he did adam eve too right for invincible he did uh, i think he did the the first one i don't explode he had a few one shots that were mostly the backups from Image, the Image Comics run, as well as some original stuff. Um, I forget the name of it off the top of my head. So if if he was more regular, he would be in like my top ten favorite artists. Absolutely, dude. But here's the thing: Hector, Pla- Hector, Hector Plasm. 
And oh, I was wrong. You did both Adam Eve and Adam Eve and Rexplode. Uh, yeah, good ones. Those are good. Look them up, yeah. dear listener. Oh, we're dumb. He did stealth. Oh yeah, yeah, baby. He just did the recent stealth. Yeah, stealth was so goddamn good. I just cried it was. every page. I was like, oh, it's so good. Which I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why he didn't do the covers either. But whatever. Yeah, they dropped the ball by not having him on the covers too. Oh, uh, but it was Jason yeah. Howard on covers. I think it's because yeah, the, who's I, good, I'm but... pretty sure Jason Howard co-created the character. Which I know. I, I know Jason kicks ass too. Like, this is the hard thing. All these guys are incredible. Yeah. So it's like, you know. Kirkman's got a knack for finding fucking great artists. He sure damn does, dude. You know they call him uh, Hillbilly Midas. <laughs> <laughs> Hillbilly Midas. <laughs> He's just got that golden touch, dude. Just... If we ever interview Kirkman, I'm going to call him Hillbilly Midas. I'm just going to introduce funny. him. You know I associate him with comedy because he seems like always a really hilarious guy. But, yeah. like, knowing my look, you'd be like, how do you... <laughs> you'd just piss him off. Yeah, Craig would say, how do you feel about the uh, the title you've earned as Hillbilly Midas? And he'd just be like, <laughs> god damn it, and disconnect. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. Well, uh, what do I think about it? I think this fucking interview's over. And he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good Kirkman impression. Thank you. I pride myself on my Robert Kirkman. <laughs> I, uh, I agree with Joe Casey. I think Joe Casey's pretty wild. His um, his run on Youngblood a while back was pretty fun. His glory, I still say, is yeah. one of the best fucking comics no. of the last four years. Wait, glory? Yeah, I'm teasing with the four years. Yeah, remember, didn't Joe Casey do glory? No, Joe Keating. Joe Keating. Yeah. Sorry. The, motherfucker. The, the last Joe Casey book I remember reading was uh, New Lieutenants of Metal. Yeah, I I got the first issue of that, and then I don't think it lasted long, right? Uh, it completed its run. It was only a miniseries. Oh, was it? Yeah, it ran uh, like five no. or six issues. Maybe I don't know. I, I don't know. If, I, I didn't. One. I didn't love it, but I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, really? well, Joe. I love Joe Casey's Godland with Tom Scholey. Yep, I like. I like Lamp. Well, that's fine, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I, is it I is agree. it fine? <laughs> yes, I agree with Mail's uh, choices. I, I think he's got a very kick-ass uh, selection here of talent. Indeed, lined up, and I appreciate you writing in, good sir. All right, so I got one more letter here. Well, not one more letter, but one more for me. Uh, salutations, gentlemen. Here's a quick here's here's a quick couple picks from my dream creative team for North Force Number One. You heard it here first. Due to popular demand, North Force Number One, written by Jim P. What me? Co-plotted by the third Olsen twin, Craig. Okay, and art by the ravishing Raven Perez. I'm sure we'd sell a thousand of them. <laughs> Laughing my ass off. Come on, guys, make it happen. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, though, put Daniel uh, Acuna on art duties and writing choice by Kurt Busek. I think Acuna could pull off some interesting action-heavy renditions of these Canucks. I picked Busek because he did a fantastic run on Thunderbolts and seems to handle the Avengers. Uh, seemed to ha- handle the Avengers well back in the day. P.S. Raven, I saw that awesome jam art you did featuring a bevy of characters, including Malcolm and Ant. Super dope image, especially your rendition of Ant. I'll be down to see. If- you try out the art duties on that book for sure. Or an ant variant cover at the least. 
As usual, great job on the latest cast, and I look forward to some more retro content in the Savage Dragon Freak Force and some of the other miniseries. Blood and Guts, Super Patriot. And that's by Tony M. He's right. We should do North Force number one. I agree. Let's just do it, guys. <laughs> as long as I can be the co-plotter. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if we play each other's strengths. <laughs> You're not going to write I, me some big boobs to draw? I mean, I'm more the thoughtful, philosophical deconstructionist, and you're more the <laughs> tits and violence. Listen, you want Jesus. this thing to sell more than a... You want this to sell a thousand and one <laughs> copies? I'm more thoughtful, he said, and you're an asshole. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. I'll have you know that that is accurate, and the fact that I am unable to defend it wounds me deeply. Uh, I try, guys. Craig, you can work the mustache. <laughs> can I twiddle it? I'm not going to name names, but like there was an artist I saw once, and he was just really shitting his britches over why he didn't get work. And uh, I, I, I was wanting to tell him so bad. Everything, every guy, everything he drew, everything was a screaming guy. Like they were going goddamn <laughs> Super Saiyan on every panel. And I just want to tell him and be like, you know why you don't get work? Because I can never imagine your drawing of, like, a grieving mother or a guy petting a dog. Like, uh, you just don't have range, dog. Everyone you draw is like fucking Goku going Super Saiyan. Can you hand me that pencil? Like, you know, you have range. Kirby Crackle coming out of the eyes. Yes, rage and fury on every illustration. Why can't I get work? I don't know, because writers want to write thoughtful... <laughs> Thoughtful, uh, what'd you say, Jim? Introspective? <laughs> Philosophical deconstructions, yes. <laughs> Guys, so your be a... Go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, your version of North Force, number one, begins with like a soliloquy? No, it's more like... It's like, okay, got a Canadian super team, alright? Yeah. Alright, here we are. Mm-hmm. It's like you got a Canadian super team who, in our mind, is on the same level as like the Avengers or the Justice League. Sure, okay. But like... What is that kind of responsibility, especially when all these characters also have secret identities? Okay. It's not really... S- how, hmm? how can I... How can I, like, shoehorn big boobs into that? Good question. That'll be easy. So, I have not actually read anything uh, drawn by... Uh, Daniel Acuna? I haven't even... I, I Acuna. I, the book I thought I read that it was drawn by, I mean, he only did the covers on. Um, I, w- I was just going to ask if I'm, like, an idiot for not knowing who he is, because I looked it up, and his art is tremendous, but I've never read a comic by him. I guess he he, did he, he drew the Eternals with, uh, with um, who is this? Oh, okay, so no, I thought this was the Gaiman one. No, it's not. It's the other one. Yeah, so, he's an absolute badass, this guy. He's got a kind of a, just at a glance, he's got kind of a realism-style thing going on. It kind of reminds me of like, uh, yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of like how Adam Hughes draws, uh, or colors rather. Sure, sure. I get it. I could see that comparison. There is some photo referencing, but I mean like the rendering. It's it's not the referencing. It's just the way the colors are rendered. Yeah, yeah. No, dude. He listen, reminds that's good. He reminds me of Eric Powell. If Eric Powell from the Goon did more like serious superhero stuff instead of like the goofier Goon stuff, 
in terms of the textures and the drawings of the art. Can you imagine him now, now that you've seen his art, and dear listener who has Googled this, can you imagine how badass his North Force work would be? Ooh. It's beautiful, right? Yeah. No, it would. I'm going to look more into him because his art is tickling my fancy. (laughs) And by fancy, I mean fancy. (laughs) I I was like 60-40 you were going to say dingling. Yeah, I was just, just going to say dick. <laughs> Tickling your dick. Listen, Tony, thank you for writing in. Uh, we appreciate the hell out of it. I appreciate your compliments on that jam art. Thank you, kind sir. As for uh, doing an ant variant cover, you know, I, uh, I don't think Eric's going in the ass direction. <laughs> if I did with ant, I don't think he's really uh, playing that up. And so, I don't know if he wants me on covers, but I do appreciate that. Uh, Our last letter comes from an old chum of mine. Hello, fellow finheads. I'm a fairly new listener, maybe two years now. Wait a minute. God damn it. How dare he? An ex-friend of mine? Are you kidding? Two years? What? Oh, my God. (laughs) I have been following Savage Dragon for the last five years now, but... I bought issue one off the shelves in 92, but I have the archives. That's two butts. I enjoy the current run, and I love Eric's cartooning. I'm an old friend of Raven as well, but down to brass tacks. North Force. Big time, dude. He just totally used that to slide up in the club. My creative team is. The writer would be Jason Aaron. He has a great world-building ideas and lots of action. See the goddamned from Image and his old Wolverine run. Art chores. Love to see Andy Kubert with Danny Meeky on inks. Kubert can handle a team. His rendering is amazing. His old X-Men stuff is awesome. When he did Origin and switched to DC, he just got better, and you cannot fuck with this man. Danny Meeky is a straight, solid inker and would make Andy's pencil sing to us. The style of the book... I would want would be first story arc to be the team meeting up for a briefing, then bam, interdimensional beings appear in Vancouver and start fucking shit up. North Force responds with a big fight. Huge double page spreads. Then when the smoke clears, they return to the base, debrief, and go to chill. Go out to the next call. P.S. Sorry if I missed the animated question. I'd love to respond to it if it's not too late. James Big Jim Sheehan. Big Jim. Thank you, Big Jim. I gave him that nickname. Let me tell you, everything you need to know about Big Jim. When did you give him that nickname? In college. Everything you need to know about this man, James Sheehan. Fancy times in college. No, this is a great story. We're at a party, and he is fucking bombed out of his mind, right? He's standing there. He's got a cup of beer and a cigarette in his other hand. He starts to waver, and I'm like, whoa. Whoa, I'm like, Big Jim, you okay? You okay? And he just fucking falls backwards. I mean, fucking tits to God, feet up above his head backwards. Don't you know, he didn't drop one drop of that beer. And he it's didn't, a man's man. And he didn't drop his cigarette either. <laughs> that's a man's man. Now I understand why they call him Big Jim. That's it. That's all you need to know. Uh, thank you for reading Savage Dragon, Big Jim. Thank you for... Uh, you know, your savage, your North Force recommendations. Uh, 
Guys, you got any feedback? I know Qbert, man. You can't go wrong with Qbert. Get so- out of here. This sounds expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I I like Jason Aaron on Scalped, and you know the funny thing is, I think he's a goddamn great writer because I love Southern bastards, and I have no interest in high school football or college football, for that fact. But Southern bastards is basically about you know centers around a high school football team in the south which on paper i'd have no interest in but the the comic was fucking good i wish it continued it kind of just left hanging but i'm glad you said that dude because i was gonna like get into that at some point Ooh, save me one <laughs> he, he did write an architect like one of my favorite like marvel books of this year Mm-hmm. And that was the Heroes Reborn uh, mm-hmm. event, where basically he took all of the Marvel, the Marvel universe, and recontextualized it to be DC. Oh, that was him. He was. Okay. He didn't write. He didn't write all the spinoffs, because the whole the premise is that Mephisto has somehow made the Squadron Supreme like the heroes of the planet Earth and the Avengers never formed. And so all of like the non-Avengers characters kind of get recontextualized as like DC characters. Like Gwen Stacy becomes Batgirl and shit like that. Mm-hmm. It is fucking brilliant. It's like perfect. I love it. So yeah, he's on my radar. Nice. Danny Meeky. Give me something Danny Meeky did. Uh, he was like with the. He inked a lot of the original, like, I think Youngblood type stuff, right? Did he now? I think he was like in the Extreme Studios. Sadly, I don't follow inkers very closely to have any idea. Ooh, he's good, though. If you Google it, it's like, ooh. I'm sure he's grown a lot, but I'm pretty sure he was in on the ground level with, like, Extreme Studios. I see him on uh, Capullo's Batman, and that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, he's a comic book artist. He began his career in 92 working for Image as inker and the title Youngblood. So that's where I know him mostly. I don't know a lot of his recent stuff, but yeah, he was like an ex- one of the original Extreme Studios inkers. Still out there, still kicking around. Awesome, sure thank you, letter writers. All right, so shall we uh, talk about our newest interesting conversation topic? Let's. Apparently, most recently, right. he, oh, one of his more inter- recent things, he was inking Frank Miller on uh, the. DC Black Label Superman series, Superman Year One. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Anyway, what were you saying? Uh, the new interesting conversation topic. So, for the listeners, and for you guys, we got a two-part question, which I think for us will answer mostly in our meat and potatoes main segment because it has to do with Ant Twelve, which we're going to review. But for our two-part question for the listeners is number one for ant do you think eric should have skipped issue 12 and started with issue one and number two based on issue 12 if you read it will you be picking up issue one or if you didn't buy issue 12 will you still be picking up issue one and we want to know why or why not so just interested in your hot take on issue 12 did you like it did you not like it you based on this are you going to go for the ongoing at issue one 
Uh, drop us a line with your response and feel free to suggest your own interesting conversation topic. You can reach us at savagefincast at gmail.com. So once again, do you think that Ant should have just started at one? Do you think Eric, uh, it was worth it for Eric to kind of close up the original series at 12? And will you, based on 12, will you continue to, to pick it up? So I don't think we should answer this right now because we got a lot to talk about 12. And I think we should kind of hit these questions up as, as we discuss this. But uh, I'm looking forward to getting into this. This is some new different stuff that we've been waiting for for a while. Yeah, man. Long time. Let's, uh, let's get on into those meat and potatoes, my dudes. I think what's interesting is as long as we've been waiting for this, Ant fans have been waiting for issue number 12 of Ant for 15 years. Yeah, so 11 came out in 2007. Yeah. By contrast, those of us who have been waiting for Eric to do something with Ant have only been waiting since 2017. So we've only Which been waiting still a goddamn four. long time. Yeah, that's that's four years. But I'm just saying it's four years to ours. They've been waiting more than three times as long uh, for this uh, closure. And so it's kind of cool. We got two covers. We got uh, the Mario Gully cover where uh, Hannah's just ripping her shreds. And then you got the Eric Larson cover. Where, so, I think where, where Mario- Ant and Daredevil are jumping to their deaths. <laughs> I think the the Mario Gully cover is cool in the way that he used the original Ant logo in Mario's art so it fits seamlessly with the rest of the series. I want to talk about that, the logo choice. Uh Uh-oh, lay it on us. You've got opinions. So you're right. The Gully cover does fit seamlessly in with uh, the rest of the series. Now, granted, let me preface all this. I don't give a shit about Ant. I've never given a shit about Ant. I don't know if I give a shit about Ant now, even after reading this issue. Ooh. Right. But you know what I do care about? Trade dress. Trade dress continuity. <laughs> do you? So, <laughs> so having the original Ant logo on the gully cover makes sense. Mm-hmm. Looks good. Okay. Looks good. And for those who care, it will match You know the rest of your issues. Great. Fantastic. Wonderful. <laughs> The new, but, ant, but. the the new the new ant logo that Eric has put on this issue. <laughs> while it does look good because Eric makes good logos, uh-huh. if this is the issue twelve of a previous series, why not use the old logo for this final issue and debut this logo on the first issue of the new series? Now there may be an answer to that hidden at the end of this issue. Sure, I know where you're going, but for me. This is like a um, uh, Supreme Revival situation where when Eric drew that last issue, uh, well, Eric and uh, um, Corey Hampshire Corey Hampshire drew that, that last Alan Moore script, they went out of yeah. their way to put the original Supreme logo on that issue because it tied up that run. And then the very next issue, he de- debuted a new logo for his take on the character. Completionists. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I wouldn't have mind if it had the old style logo on the art cover. Because I think it makes more sense, being the 12th yeah, issue but of I, the series. I, I feel like if you wanted that, you'd get the variant. But I like Eric's art better. <laughs> well, you can't always get what you want. No. Yeah. 
pissing one hand and uh, wishing the other and see which fills first. Quick question, Jim. As I know, your commitment to digital is unwavering. It is. However, Craig, I believe you have a physical copy in your hands, as do I. Mm-hmm. As you look at the Mario Goalie Ant logo, does there not appear to be a visible wire effect on it? It was probably a yeah, case. It's for, not. It's very likely it was the same problem with Supreme, where they didn't actually have a high res version of the logo, which is probably why he was he didn't use it. I'm just saying, you know, recreate that. It's not a great logo, honestly, though. I mean, I, no. mean, I, I, I don't see him wanting to use that on his cover. Right. Still, though, re- recreate. Like, just, just, just go in there, you know? Yeah, if, if I remember correctly, it was the same situation on Supreme, where they wanted to use that logo, but they didn't actually have a high-res clean version, so they had to just crop it out of another cover and slap it on and up-res it. I don't love it. I don't love it. I like the cover. Actually, uh... Unlike you, James, I don't hate Mario's art at all. I think oh, it looks cool. Sorry, let me. I don't hate it. It just does nothing for me. You don't like a woman ripping her clothes to tatters? I mean. What aren't you, a red blooded young man? I mean. You an American? <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. You don't have to like this. That's fine. I just. Eric is just so much better. I do like Eric's stuff. There's nothing wrong with saying that. And, uh, you know, hey, if we got to make them fight in a wrestling ring where we jam them into claws and slam them together, I'll take Eric's every day, any day of the week. That's fine. I still like this one, though. I think Mario, uh, there's a good look to his style, and uh, I think it's a cool, eye-catching cover. Craig, your opinions. Uh, yeah, I like both cover. I, I Like I said, I like the fact that Mario drew the variant so that if you are a Mario fan, you get kind of that closure with his cover. He even went out of the way to make like the little image box the same exact look. Um, I like the Eric cover better. I love the the ant logo that Eric uses. Mm-hmm. It, I'm, I don't mind so much that it doesn't continue like that. I mean, I, honestly, you know, this kind of bleeds into the interesting conversation topic. I think it is a little weird that. You know, Eric has these kind of things where he needs to close out old series. But, uh, and we can talk about a little bit about the hint he dropped in the, the letters column at the end as we talk about it. Like how that, his, this issue 12 will factor into his ongoing series, which is a bit weird to me too. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think it's, I don't know. The lettering's cool. I, I think that people that are fans of Ant might be turned off by Eric's version because sure. it's have, so old school looking. Ha, have either of you heard anything from old Ant fans? No. Not really, but I'm not, not in the same all. circles as them. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Is uh, I, I think the only place I've ever run into an Ant fan is uh, on Mario's page. Like, when I look at Mario's stuff. And so, I've not heard one way or the other how old Ant fans feel. I, You know, hey, I'd love to hear. If you're an Ant fan from way back and you're also a finhead who listens to the FinCast, you know, send us that savagefincast at gmail.com feedback. I, you know, a little bonus interesting conversation. Like, you know, tell us how you feel about this. Um, but no, I haven't heard got, anything. How do you guys like the, logo, the new logo? It's big. I wish... <laughs> it's big. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wish that it had a bit more style. It is really? well. I mean, it, it's the old Thor logo, right? Yeah, just the kind of broken letters Dro- with a drop shadow. I mean, yeah, it it is classic. But it does I, cl- I like it. I feel like it punches you in the face. Like you see, it's huge. But I think that's the charm of it. Well, I wish you know what I'm saying when I say style is I'm just saying like I look at Freak Force's logo. Yeah. And like how it's kind of cool. It's like a physical shape that occupies yeah. three dimensional space. And right. Savage Dragon's logo is also a physical object that occupies three dimensional space. And then Ant's logo is just flat. And I just kind of wish when I say that it had style, I wish that it had Ant had a logo uh, that occupied like it had kind of like a design the way Freak Force and Savage Dragon's logo kind of have a design. Mm-hmm. I just feel like this logo looks good. I don't have any problem with it at all. It's definitely better than the old logo, for sure. I just don't love it. I just, yeah, like a, it's, I think... it's weird because it screams old school and Ant is as far away from old school looking character as you could get. Yes. <laughs> I, that's, I guess, what I would say is I think there's a weird juxtaposition between just ant's visual which like you said not old school at all and then you see that ant logo and you're just like whoa that is like some classic comic looking shit right there yeah but it's fucking eye-catching as hell to me i will say that on the stands it scream it jumps out immediately right so maybe i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about so before we get off of cover duty oh sorry i want to talk about the image uh eye real quick oh please do so, last time on the Savage Fincast, I think after we went off the air, we got into a discussion about the image eye on this cover, on the Eric cover. Well, not uh-huh. j- not just on this cover, but all the the ant. Actually, we may have talked about it in the news last time, now that I think about it. Um, I mentioned that there was something about the image eye logo on all these ant covers that was screwing with my head. It reminded me <laughs> of something, and I couldn't figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. So, the image eye... The reason why it makes me think of old school image comics is because it has the twelve in a box directly under the eye. It has a. It has a. Oh has, yeah, yeah. Because all all the original image comics look like that. At some point, yeah. a lot of them stop doing that, and even Savage Dragon doesn't do that. It has the number on the other side of the cover. On the right side, the big number. A big yeah. number, exactly. And that's why it was messing with my head, is I couldn't figure out... And the price, I think, right? Yeah, and the price is in the price box, yeah. Yeah, the price is... On Savage Dragon currently, the price is in somewhere else on the cover. Or, yeah, this looks like the 90s kind of image. Yeah, box. exactly. And that's what was... that. That is what was... Uh, it, so it's interesting to me to see that specific style of image I plus... Issue number plus I think, price. I think because it just wouldn't fit well with this huge logo now. That's got to be the reason, yes. Yep. Hmm. It's too big. <laughs> um, That's what she said. I'm pretty disappointed that the, I think, uh, the second print Eric Larson cover. Yeah. I think is a stronger cover than the first print. Really? Uh. I like the first print better, but I do like the second one. I'm just going to say it. I think that the ant uh, butt pose is way more iconic. Yeah, and it's true. I, th- I think that Eric should have absolutely 
put an ant butt pose on the cover of uh, ant number 12. At least for the old school fans, right? 100, 100%. Are you kidding me? Like, Ant's butt is her trademark. So it's like, before I think any other comic characters were really working the butt, like maybe fucking, what's his name, Dick Grayson? He was working the butt. Other than Dick Grayson Dick and Grayson, Ant. who? Was it like Dick Grayson? Who's Nightwing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. So he's talking about the character, not an artist. Okay. Yeah. Is there an artist named Dick Grayson? No, that's what I think. No, that's, that I'm was just the confusion. Confused by what you're saying. Oh. Yeah. Night, I was like, yes. What? Night Nightwing's ass is legendary. Yes. So other than Nightwing and Ant, those are your two ass comic characters, right? And I just feel like, man, the first print people got robbed because the ant, the iconic Ant ass pose, is totally represented on the second reprint. Not represented at all on either the arson or the mario pose on issue 12 kind of a drop ball just my opinion but eric has definitely gotten rid of some of the ass (laughs) for sure which i think is kind of funny yep he de-assed her he disassed her get it disassed her (laughs) so eric for the inside cover, which is surprising, used the Mario Gully art from the cover of issue 11. Yes. And he also uh, still has the Josh Eichhorn jabs, which is fun. <laughs> Does that mean we're getting double the Josh Eichhorn jabs? Love it. It is pretty cool that... Uh, Eric's maintaining the ant created by Mario Gully at the bottom. That's a nice touch for Mario. Yeah, very nice. Like, respectful kind of a... And it's cool if you think about it. Like, you see Batman, it's like Batman created by Bob Kane. You know? Fucking Superman created by those guys that made him. And it's just like... It's kind of cool that, like, Mario gets that little, like, forever credit there. So what do you guys think of this double page splat? This 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 second cover of sorts. The answer. I like it. I think it's cool. I always love Larson skeletons. They're just yeah. I was thinking away. that. I was thinking. I was thinking that skeleton. Keep 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 hanging there, skeleton. <laughs> yes, dude. I love it. I guess his name was Charlie. I don't know Charlie. Charlie Bones. No. So so you guys want to want me to give you the five minute background on that based on the previous series. Please do. All right. So, starting with issue 10 of The Ant, it introduces us to the superhero called Charlie Echo, who is kind of like the Captain America-type super soldier-style character. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Mario's last issue was 11, so 10 comes. Basically, Eric talks about this at the end of the, the this issue 12, but... Throughout Ant's history uh, on the Image series, the first, you know, 11 issues, it kind of goes back and forth about different origins. And, you know, he's had four or five different writers on this, and they're all writing over each other. And the kind of confusing, irritating thing about Ant is that she doesn't know her origin, and it keeps, like, being like, no, that's not really it. You know, it's this. And it's like, nope, that's not really it. And so she's like got all these false memories and stuff and I guess it's whatever new writer comes along and wants to write out whatever the last person did, they're doing it. So in issue 10 
what we see is that this super soldier guy approaches Ant in her apartment and is like, basically like, follow me. I'm going to tell you about yourself, like what your real origin is. But we got to get out of here because all these like agents are coming in to grab you soon. So in issue 10, they kind of jump through our apartment and down into the sewers, which kind of sets up this 12. But in issue 10 is where they get into the sewer. And then issue 11 is him kind of talking to her. Oh, you were on a super team. Uh, what were they called? Omega one, which I guess had their own spinoff series. And you were on that team when you were young and we fought in Baghdad, which this is kind of what I talked about in that interesting uh, conversation letter is that that cover we see in Ant 2 that Eric drew. I believe that's kind of ties in with her backstory because in issue 11, they talk about her on the super team as a youngster going into Baghdad mm. and fighting. I don't know who, but, but something on behalf of the United States. So, so it's this, not Beard Island. Fuck. No. So this Charlie Echo guy is in the sewers with her, and they're getting chased down by all these um, kind of government agents. And you can see on the cover of Ant-10 these agents in the sewer uh, that are chasing them or whatever. And they're, like, firing on them and stuff. And as they're running, he's basically filling her in on her backstory of how she was on this team. Mm. And then that's when we kind of cut to this issue 12 where I think Eric kind of alluded to Mario not owning that Charlie Echo guy. I think the writer at the time owned him on that Omega one because that was its own comic. And so I think that's where Daredevil takes his place. Right. So on that Charlie first gets panel, immediately. Charlie is fried. So that's his skeleton getting fried. And now he's out of the picture. Nice. Fuck you, Charlie. So, so basically the gist of it is like most of the Ant series you don't really have to read because it's all just adventures and she's getting fed like bad information on her origin and it's all getting rewritten and changed. And then I would say starting an issue like 10 is where Charlie comes in and it ties into this issue 12. I'm glad that you had that insight because not going to lie. Uh, even though it wasn't one of those things where it's like, I'm just struggling, I'm just struggling. Like, I didn't struggle. Reading this, I didn't struggle. Like, it was fine. It was just like, a, clearly it's the a story picking up in the middle of a story, so it's no big deal. I mean, it's numbered number 12. Like, I expected that. I was prepared for it. Um, right. That being said, my God, man, that is some good, like, meta to know like that's it's good to know and kind of like you said it's neat for the reader that eric included all those covers because uh you can flip back and see charlie on the cover of like uh 10 and yeah he's on the two apparently 10 had two variants and like there he is so it's kind of cool right and you can see in 10 there in the sewer and she's got her hands on top of some of these agents in the sewer mm-hmm. water it's kind of hard to make out if you had the full issue you could see it a little better but yeah and, and you know same thing with like some of those characters in issue eight and our issue cover issue nine that's at omega one team got it wow dude i mean it's kind of funny the meta here 
is that like Ant is you know confused because her mind's just not been right. She's been fed a lot of misinformation. Right. But it's also hilarious because Eric's absolutely paying heed to the fucking constant retcons. <laughs> like, right, and that's what this series was. It's just ridiculous, the retcons. And the fight, so it's nice. I mean, she's in the sewer. She's about to get told her origin because that's how it kind of breaks up on issue 11. And then this Charlie guy gets fried. So she's running from these agents. She's still, she thought she was going to learn her background, and now she's just on the run. Got it. Yeah, that that context actually is nice. I do like I do like it. Feeling really good about the action here. Like I like I like this issue opening with such action. Like it's really cool to see Eric like taking this in, and again these classic uh, giant Eric Larson guns that these guards have been given. Yep, yep. Love them. You love to see them. Anytime you can see them, you love to see them. But then what's great is just as I was kind of just in a little in my head being like, I literally, I swear to you, was thinking as I was reading this, I was like, hmm, you know, Eric, probably people don't want to just see Ant beating up regular dudes. That's a little boring. I flip the page and there's these goddamn flying octopus heads. With these Modoc octopuses. <laughs> yeah, dude. Octopi. And I was like, you know what? I'll shut my fucking mouth and just read this comic. Awesome. So, it's kind of cool, man. I'm saying, like, it's funny to, like, just this is a pretty good start to a comic. Like, I, I have this, literally, I have no exposure to Ant. This is my exposure to Ant. I think it's all, it, it, it's a totally different animal under Mario. So, it, it's like a new character almost, in a way. Right, right. I'm fine with that. I'm just saying, like, it's kind of like, so it's, it's, <sighs> I want you guys to think about how crazy this is. This is like the, like, think about it. Like, what are their first, like, Eric Larson number ones has there been in, like, almost 30 years? Right, that are ongoing or just a new character. Right. Like, he hasn't had to do this in a long fucking time. It's a weird thing, too. Like, I would have never expected Eric to buy someone's character. And making right. comic out of it, it's it's weird to me that he did that. Um, he ex- well, yeah. Like, let me just agree. Like, totally fucking weird. Like, as soon as I learned, like, as a guy who didn't know shit about Ant other than she was like the second ass character in comics, that's literally all I knew about Ant. Is just like she had ass. She was sitting in Spawn's lap. <laughs> that's that's literally it. That's all I knew about Ant. And. uh to learn that Eric, when I first learned that Eric bought Ant, I was like, what the f-? It was the biggest, like, record scratch what the fuck moment. But, uh, man, didn't he explain that he kind of was, like, way more instrumental in Ant's formative years than anybody would have known or imagined? Right. I, I, when you look at this double-page splash, just look at the inks on this. Like, on the left-hand page, the inks on her foot and stuff, they're pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. He spent a long time, like, going back and forth about, like, how to handle the rendering. Yeah. Like, it was cool. Testing it on Savage Dragon and stuff. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Like, he put it out there in public for everybody to see. Like, like things he was looking at. Like, the you know, give him inspiration and stuff. 
it's it's got to be kind of a it's a simple character, but it's a difficult character when it comes to like the lighting and like the, so like you got the black inks and you got the kind of the shiny white lighting. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it's kind of difficult to kind of I don't know get get that look. Maybe I'm not an artist, so you tell me if I'm wrong, Raven. But I'm looking at like this splash and like just the way he nails kind of the glossiness of the of the character's look is pretty cool. It is difficult. It's it's real easy to lose uh, lose a character's like shapes, like by like you've just over you overshoot your black, and you just like sort of bury the character's like form and definition. And what's kind of really awesome and really impressive is that if you look at what he's done, like it's you know clearly there's a lot of scribbly like energy in that like. Uh, sort of like glossy like rendering that he's put on her yeah but at the same time you've got form and definition on her abs right you know you can see her nose as it pokes through her mask yeah i feel like if some i feel like it could easily just turn into a big mess if you didn't know what you were doing oh yeah (laughs) yes like i'm looking at the face and the forehead and i'm like you know if i attempted that i would just become a disgusting mess yeah, it, there. It's actually like really kind of like impressive, just how good Ant looks. Like you instantly realize why he wanted to pick this character up because, like, he's just making this fucking look great. Yeah, I do wish, and I know, I know the reason why, but I do wish things were a little tighter on the rest of the characters in the book. Sure. Like for instance, on the splash, like you know the the. The Modoc type characters are really rough, and yeah. I feel like that's going to be a turnoff for a lot of readers. Oh um, yeah, and I wish he would tighten that stuff up. I mean, it, it, you know, his backgrounds look very sketchy. I like it in a way that I know what he's going for, but I just fear that, you know, the overall market that's going to hurt. I think what's rough is that I feel like your Mario goalie fans uh, are there for hyper-rendering. Yeah. He's very much a hyper-rendering McFarlane-style artist. Right. And I feel like the minute they see this, they're going to be checked out. I agree. And and I don't feel it's bad at all. I think it's fucking awesome. Um I can admit that I went from, like, initially, like, I had reservations big time. I was like, oh, no, dude. Like, he's not going to fully render it? Like, I don't know if the market will accept that. And then now that I see it, I think it's fucking great. But I just feel like, uh, I feel like it's kind of like one of those things that, like, Joe Blow. I mean, here's the thing. is it's It's hard to get a gauge, right? Because if you look at, like, Twitter reactions, people are shitty about, like, Savage Dragon stuff that I think looks fucking awesome, right? Yeah. And then you bring on Anne. Anne is even less rendered. And I kind of wonder, or not wonder, but I fear that it's just going to be negative, you know? I don't I don't think they're going to give it a chance. Right. And he's coloring it too, right? I I would imagine, but I don't know. I think see. Eric's it's credited as... It's produced by Eric Larson. Uh, uh, so it's just Flats by Mike. Mike Torres, who does Flats on Savage Dragon. It says story art and color. 
So yeah. the thing so is, Mike's is, doing the flats, and he's probably coloring the rest of Ant. I I think that it looks. I think part of this this is one of those things where I think like you have to take in to consideration. There's to me, artistically speaking, absolutely fantastic compositions. Like when oh, you no doubt. include when you include color. Like I'm saying, like the the visual of Ant as she is punching all those soldiers and the background is yellow and she's in the foreground red and all the soldiers are green. I'm just saying that like that's some fucking really awesome stuff and the color's part of it. So right. it's kinda like everything's intentional here. Like none of this is like a lazy, none of this is accidental, like it's all like artist's intent. I don't know. I feel like me and you are saying a lot. Jim, throw throw out some opinions here, my man. How are you feeling about this? I I like the shading and the, and the shiny. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. How, how, how do I put this? Okay, so I don't know anything about Ant, and I found that this issue was pretty easy to follow. I think by design. Um, I have always had no problem starting books uh, Mm mid-run. So I can infer a lot from context, and I think Eric does an okay job of providing that context. All I really knew about Ant going in was that her her origins were convoluted, uh, and that Eric liked the character enough to buy her, and he likes drawing her. And I think that's what this is all about. <laughs> right. I, I mean, she's a very Spider-Man-like character in many ways. Well, she's she's, she's Spider-Man as compose, and she's Carnage-esque in color, uh, in a in a costume rather, which is I think why she's somewhat like got a good iconic look. But yeah, basically, he can kind of do his Spider-Man thing with this character a lot easier than he can with Malcolm or Dragon, right? But I think it's, it's funny outlet. that it's funny that like Star does exist. Not really anymore. No, I'm just I mean, saying, like, if you really wanted to do, I mean, Daredevil Spider-Man exists thing. too, and you see Daredevil doing doing Spider-Man <laughs> stuff here too, right? I find it interesting with Daredevil's costume because you get the contrast with his non-shiny red side, but mm-hmm. you see his more velvety blue side. So, like, velvety. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you just added the, the the highlights, you'd get the same shiny effect as you do on Ant, but without them, it right. looks like a completely different like uh, material. Right. Yeah. I don't know. What, what, what do you want me to say here? It, it's an Eric Larson comic, and it kicks ass. Well, no, I was just sort of wondering how you're feeling about, like, the uh, experiment beforehand uh, versus when you actually had it in your hands. I I guess I didn't think about it in those terms. You weren't too worried about it? No, not even a little bit. I mean, it is weird that he was so, uh, I guess, obsessed with getting the final issue 12 out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that seemed to be like a big part of it is that he originally wanted to work with Gully to complete it. That mm-hmm. fell through, but he still felt the compulsion that he needed to finish it for those who have been waiting 15 years for it. Whereas sure. most people would say, oh, no, new number one. Come on, chop, chop. We're doing our own thing now. 
Get on the bus. <laughs> I mean, I think the fact that it's just one issue is perfectly fine. Um, yes. The fact that it's issue twelve is you don't have the expectation that this is the first issue. Uh, you don't have mm-hmm. you don't have to buy it if you really don't want to. Although we'll get to it later, there seems to be a cravat to all that. Um, I think what he might be attempting here is an experiment in a way. So I'm more interested in where this series is going than this issue specifically. Hmm. Right. I will say. I will say that I wound up shockingly into the look of this. Well, I like the color choices. I like the muted palette, the non-rendered stuff. Uh, There's a a noir aspect to it, a almost, uh, well, almost Sin City aspect to it. Yeah. Um, It isn't quite as, like, intense as all that, but by, by, like, using all the muted, like, sepias and greens and colors like that and having your 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 main characters be bright red and bright blue right makes them leap right off the page well what's genius about it and again i just wasn't expecting it is like uh you know pastels yeah like just so much everything is so pastel there's just pastels fucking probably more in this comic than any other comic i've fucking seen like, just pastel everything. Pastel green, pastel every color, the pastel I rainbow. almost wonder what it would look like if it was <laughs> black and white, except for Ant. That, that's what's cool. I mean, it's, it's kind of like what's neat about it, as an experiment, is that you are almost getting that. Where, like, Ant has the rendering and the brightest color on almost every page. It's kind of neat, because the colors give everything visual clarity. So, like, you know, the soldiers in the sewers stand out from the sewage right. just by virtue of being different colors. Whereas if they were black and white, there's some black in the sewer water, but it's not really that rendered, you know. However, so I get it. I appreciate that. But I'm saying what's cool is you still kind of, like, Ant is the most, like, fucking, like, your eye is just drawn to her to every single panel. Like, she's the most standout thing. Right. I think it's cool, man. I just really appreciate the experiment. I think it was a total fucking success. So, uh, where were we? We page by page in this bad boy? Not really. I we, mean, we feel floaty. I do kind of want to lay some criticism on the <clears throat> ending. Um, it is, I think, the, the, I think, and ultimately, it's not really a problem so much as a necessity. Mm-hmm. Is that she gets zapped and she gets her memories back, and then she realizes that everything she's been told was not true, and so the real truth is she has all this family and stuff, and she runs off to rejoin it. The end, which is a little <laughs> bit convenient. Yeah. Uh, but I suppose we—that's the ending we have to get to to do whatever's happening next. I mean, we get to yeah. see some good art through it. There's that. There's a lot of funny kind of shorthand that kind of makes me giggle in a way. Like, when when she kind of, like, talks, has the heart-to-heart with her dad. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, all right, see you later, dad. And she just walks out. And it's like, dude, you were just throwing all this information. You're just like, hey, see you later after that. Which, I get it. It's shorthand. It's comics. It has to be done that way. But it's still kind of funny. That she's just kind of trotting out after all that. And then the other thing that cracks me up is, like, 
she like knocks on the door to her mom's house. Oh, yes, what is it, mom? She's like, Hannah, oh, honey, I thought you were dead. I thought I'd never see you again. And then she's just like, come in, come in. We have so much to catch up on. <laughs> like, in reality, this mom would be, like, on her knees crying. Like, you know what right. I mean? It just seems so, like, ridiculous. Like, oh, just come on in. Oh, I thought you were dead. Oh, you're not? Come on in. Even even the last <laughs> word balloon. We have so much to catch up on. And so we did. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was kind of hilarious. It is funny. Uh, I hadn't really thought about it until you bros pointed it out. Uh, much of much of the issue is dedicated to action, and then once you get to like the family, probably what like the answer, the titular answer. Once you get to the answer, man, he just sort of shuffles it along pretty quick. Yep. <laughs> like, it, like honestly, like measure from the end, like the minute she's strapped in. It pro- it's like one, two, probably three. should be pointed out that she does get shot by John Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, listen. They were, like, so good. Like, the fucking, you know, John Day. The, even, though like, the way Eric, like, just the weird, like, soldiers, you know? Their weird little round heads and stuff. It's so good, dude. Love it. Tooth-knocking-loose action. I love this big-ass machine Ant is strapped into. Yep. Kirby-esque. Scientific stuff you wouldn't understand. <laughs> um, I gotta say, I uh, super appreciate that for those of us who are, you know, reading this after having read Ant's appearances in Savage Dragon, uh, we get to touch back on the uh, factions of the government that want to bring about the biblical rapture. Yeah, which, the Illuminati. Yes, dude. Fucking awesome. So it's kind of a neat trick because it's like, even though her dad is telling her something, it's presented absolutely like here, here, Hannah, here's some new information for you. Yeah. It's like, dude, for us, the readers that have read, it's kind of like, oh yeah, here we go. Like we haven't like retconned the Illuminati out. Like they're still important. I wanted to know about them so much since Ragnar first appeared. Yeah. Yeah. Savage Dragon 242. Thank you, Craig. You know that's a rag. I mean, we probably talked about it during the Ragnarok issue, but you know that's real, right? What's real? People trying to bring about the Christian apocalypse. You know, without going into this too much, because I'm sure we will make people. He's talking about an episode mired in controversy, but uh, I have met more people than I wish to. Uh, I've met more people than I care to admit that are that were gleeful thinking the world was ending. Oh, yeah. Gotta get to the rapture as quick as possible. Yeah. I, I just want to tell them, be like, hey, guys, do you realize that, like, hoping for the world to fucking end is not all that different than just wishing you'd die? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I just can't wait to die. That way I can just get on up to heaven. Whew. It's like, what? It's like with all, no, no work, no effort. <laughs> yeah. Cheat, cheat codes. Yeah, what a fucking cop-out. Cheat codes. I don't want to be a good Christian till the day I die. I just can't that, wait to die. That's why people you smell. That's why people you would expect to be anti-Semitic or pro-Israel is just what I'll say about the matter. We are all in on this controversy, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's but wild, for, dude. For the listeners, let's remind Savage Ryan two forty two. Right, Aunt shows up and she's tracking down Ragnarok, who's possessed by or whose body's been kind of snatched by one of these old 
Illuminati rich guys. Right? Yeah, he's a god world god. And, and his body was taken over by one of the Illuminati members. Yeah, when they eject him, uh, just the old fat man falls out. And, uh, and it's revealed in that issue that it was a means to survive the apocalypse that they themselves were going to bring about. Right. And in Spawn 266 and Sadrang 217, Ant teams up with Dragon and Spawn to track down that... Uh, Alzea Stone guy, that weird skull head that he had. Remember, I guess he was giving people powers, yep. but they didn't really. Eric didn't really kind of tie that into the Illuminati. But with this Ant Twelve, he's bringing that back up, which to me, and I want to hear your guys' take on it. That makes it interesting to me. So it's not just like baddie of the month type thing. I feel like an ant that it's going to be all tied into chasing members of the Illuminati. Craig, I have to throw this right back to you, man. Aren't you getting what you wanted? Because this is Eric Larson dealing with an arc. Right, yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like this is if this is what he's going for, it's kind of cool. Like, Hell yes. Sign me That's up. her purpose is to chase down these people. Yes. I love it, dude. I love a series villain. Except love a series villain. that's not what the uh, back matter implies is going to happen. Why is that? What are you getting at? So, Eric explains his motivations for why Ant-12 and all that. And the thing that I find most interesting is when he talks about why he did issue 12 and what issue 1 in the series is going to be about. And let me see if I can find it. And he says, okay, at the very end he says, why Ant number 12? Because the work was finished, and I wanted to conclude the first image series before I started another, so I can move on with a clear conscience. And Volume 2 is on its way. It takes place in and around the first volume, touching on events that run and... uh, Touching on events in that run, and putting it all into order. I'll start with Ant's origin and take off from there, detailing her her subsequent adventures from that point forward. The plan is to have this Ant number 12... Work as both an ending to Volume 1 and the 12th issue of Volume 2. But we'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it. So we are doing the one thing I do not really associate with Eric Larson and going backwards. It's weird, right? (laughs) It's real weird. (laughs) So instead of going off and chasing Illuminati members like you you expect, it sounds more like he's going to go back and retouch on all of the stories from the image run maybe recontextualize them in some way. But basically, in many respects, retell the same story you've already read, only with the Eric Larson uh, way of doing it. I, I disagree. I don't think he's going to touch anything that that Mario Gully did. And I think that all can be thrown out because, like we said, it was so many retcons and, oh yeah, this didn't really happen, we were just tricking you, or whatever it is, that he's going to be able to just rewrite well, what, what different I, adventures. The, the, the idea I think it's getting at is, is he's basically going to tell us what really happened. Right. Uh, this is what actually happened. The series that you previously had was what Ant thought happened or wasn't sure it happened because her memories were messed up. But right. this is the actual story of Ant. But I also don't forget that her costume was developed by the Illuminati 
to survive biblical the rapture. rapture. Yeah. But that that was so explained. Illuminati, but that was ex- tied but, in. But that was explained in. Okay, fair enough. But it's yeah, tied think, into her origin. I think what so, Craig's saying is that it's kind of going forward. Right. Like, it, it's not going to just be too uh, t- tied down with what Eric's described multiple times as an unusable mess. Right. I, I, I absolutely believe that it's going to just pick up with the biblical rapture government faction. And then there's interesting things because he says, well, they were in power, but they fell out of power. And it's kind of like, well, he's like, and now they're hiding. It's like, dude, there's interesting things to deal with there big time. I can definitely see things like them developing other suits that don't make it or drive people crazy and they become yeah. villains or something. Yeah. Or like even think about the con- the uh, think about the ramifications of this faction that's able to just possess gods. Are you kidding me? Like how much does uh, how much does that power extend into other beings or like holy shit what a weird fucking ability, right? Yeah, I I'm just a little curious of how he's going to try to pull this off because I thought the whole point was to get that amnesia type thing out of the way. And now it's like, oh, we're wait, we're going back again. My hope is this that it doesn't waste too much real estate dealing with any of it (laughs) because what seems well we'll we'll keep this in mind what seems to be the case is he's got a the next volume two is only going to be 11 issues long because it's going to share the same final issue with them issue it'll this is issue 12 for not only this series but also the next well, how does that work? Does he reprint issue twelve with like extra content? No, we already bought it. We're holding just it right skip now to thirteen. I know, but I'm just saying when we get to eleven on his new series, if we get to when 11, we get to eleven, we'll find out who Charlie was. Does Does that mean issue twelve just he just skips to issue thirteen? That would make kind of, that would make sense. Or to does me. he do kind of like a? I don't know, in, uh, North Force Zero, where he just does a different spin on issue 12. As a retailer, I wonder how they would feel about just it jumping from 12 to 13. I mean, from, from 11, 11 to 13. To 13. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I can't wrap my head around why he was doing this, but it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. So he has to make one less issue. <laughs> you think that's what it is? <laughs> Got to cut those corners where I can. <laughs> I don't know. I can only go by what he said in the back matter. Um, I'm fucking into it, man. I, I'm into it. I, again, have no experience, like Jim said, no experience with Ant. No preconceived notions. I really didn't feel negatively about her. I just knew she was out there, and I just, I don't know, time, money, whatever, didn't wasn't really able to, like you know get into the character that being said uh dude Aaron, eric is like a fucking dynamo and i told you that i'm thrilled as fuck to think about him tackling a new series because like i mean let's not be grim here but like how many more eric larson number ones are we gonna get you know what i'm saying like what a treat to get to yeah. see like him starting a new series and I just fucking hope it lasts, dude. I hope, like, assholes don't, like, not support this. Like, just please, like, fucking support Ant. Like, I want to see where this goes and how he handles it. And 
just I would love to see how he juggles this and dragon and just makes it work. You know what I'm saying? Right. How cool is it that he uh, reprinted the layouts, like the thumbnails? Oh, very cool. Speaking about back matter, like, what a fucking awesome treat. DVD extra that I was not expecting. Isn't it funny, like, you look at this and you're like, man, how could Mario Gully just not draw this? Yeah, plenty of action, It took right? him forever, and I, right? It's like, he had this... All, this was originally going to just be handed to Mario. Mario was supposed to just draw this issue. And to, and to, and to lick that that crotch. <laughs> what's the what's the backstory for the listeners that might not know that that and that I think it's written in this right? Yeah, it's in there. So he, he gave him the pages, and there was a scene where Ant had her legs kind of wrapped around the guy's head, like she's gonna snap his neck or something. And he's like, he he licks her crotch, and then there's like saliva on her crotch for a couple panels after that. And I remember when that happened, and was posted on Facebook, and Eric was like, nope. <laughs> and then, like, what, the, a year later, all of a sudden, Savage Dragon got all X-rated and stuff. Dude, that was the funniest heel turn. Like, not even <laughs> heel turn. Like, I, I fucking laughed at that so much because I was just like, God damn, I can't believe him and Mario had a falling out over, like, a little bit of tongue saliva. But it is it is weird, though. Like, what, you're going to start giving fellatio, you know, like, in a battle scene or something? Like, it makes no sense abs- at all, you know? If you think you're going to die, who knows what you'll do, Craig? If you have this, like, shiny red ant cooch in your face, you're just going (laughs) to get all turned on. It's like... Forget yourself. Might as well go for it. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, To me, I think it's fucking hilarious, like, just the... uh, And I I think it's weird. I got to tell you, man, like, listen, I'm excited for Ant. I'm excited for this new direction. I, I still feel, even after reading this issue, I still feel like sort of ant in the marketplace. I feel like even with the butt toned down, I feel like this costume. You keep just, saying that, but all you gotta do is look at pages uh, da, 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 eighteen and nineteen and t- see you're full of bullshit. Which, which you gotta help me. Mine aren't numbered. Eighteen and nineteen. All right, yeah, my so heart so um, all right, so how do I even describe this? All right, so the you know the page of the mom, go one okay. page back. All right, one page back from the mom. That that right. that's an ass. Well, it's not a Mario gold. Yeah, and then you turn page back to mom page. You get the ass focus for two panels. No, that's not even. There's an ass. There's an ass. There's an ass. Yes, but it's not like (laughs) Mario's were gratuitous. Yeah, that's all. There's no back. I didn't say that. Like Eric is hiding the ass the way. I'm pretty sure you actually said that. Yes. Not the way. Not in the same way that like a corporate comic artist hides Batman's dick bulge. I think you might be over accentuating how much gully ass there was. Look at no, not at all, dude. Look at the thumbnails, Jim. Jim, all you have to do is flip through any issue of Old Ant, and it's like, it's excessive almost. No, he doesn't even have to go anywhere. Flip back to the Eric giving the story of how Arya. Okay, look at Ant number one's cover. Uh-huh. Boom. But right under the thing. Uh-huh. All right. Reasonable flip, size. Flip, 
Flip <laughs> four. Look at number four. Holy Toledo. Look at number seven. <laughs> no, number seven, dude. And look at the cover to number eight. And then look at the cover to number nine. Jim, number come eight on. is almost like that outrage cover. It is exactly like that, dude. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Nine, ten. I don't know. Yes. It's just, just a butt. Eleven. Look at eleven. Well, I'm Jeez. pretty sure eleven may have actually been a reference to that. Remember, that controversy was at least as old as Ant. No. That was after, I promise you. Big time after, yeah. I'm just saying, there's and there's nothing wrong with that at all. I, I Number mean, I seven say, cracks me up. But like, well, It's just a boob butt shot. You get the dime a dozen. I get that you don't give a shit about butts, but I'm saying it's super... I didn't say I don't give a shit about butts, Raven. I'm just saying there's <laughs> plenty of Eric Butt in this issue, and Eric Butt's pretty good butt. It's fun. <laughs> By the way, for the timestamp, that's the title. <laughs> I know you don't give a shit about butts. Listen, I, I, here's what I'm saying: is I'm saying that like I feel like Ant. Okay, as a design, I don't feel anything inherently like sexual. It's just the human body. The human body itself is not inherently sexual. I'm talking about the market. What does the market think? I think when the market looks at Ant, I think all they're gonna see is a sexualized human body. And that's not me talking. That's me talking about what I think the market's going to do. So to try and take Ant in a more uh, all-ages direction, I've always said this. I've never been shy about saying this. I think it's kind of a little bit of a wild endeavor. I feel like if the market looks at Ant, they see her ass. They see her skin-tight costume. Jim, you know as well as I do, what's the one thing, like, people that don't, understand that like why the human form looks the way it does in superhero comics they say spandex doesn't cling to muscles like that fabric doesn't cling to muscles like that it's like we know every artist knows artists wear clothes they don't look in the mirror and think god damn what's wrong with my clothes they're not clinging to my muscles i do do you (laughs) well you're not an artist so <laughs> but Way I'm to just, rub it in, asshole. <laughs> you bastard. But like the thing is, is this. I'm just saying that like I think Ant's a crazy experiment. I think Ant's crazy as hell. I hope it's successful. I want two hundred and fifty issues of Ant. I really do. But I'm saying that I think that Ant has an uphill struggle because I think when Joe Blow looks at Ant. They don't think all ages, regardless of how you turn her around. This doesn't look like Nick Farlane. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just saying. I feel like Ant is in a weird, weird, weird place, and I'm very excited for it myself personally, but I feel like to do an all-ages Ant is kind of like to do an all-ages Lady Death. I want to mention something that's kind of funny as shit. (laughs) The letters pages, Eric is so, like, over the top of trying to, like, make everything match that he even, like, uses the anthill letter page, like, header. I was going to ask about why that was squished and squashed like it was fucking 1998. Because because that's the way it looks like in all the other comics. (laughs) Well, he has my permission. It looks exactly like that in issue 10 and 11. He's got my permission to update that. Like... (laughs) So I have to presume that that it was that way on the first time it appeared, which means whoever did it didn't know how to crop. Well, I'm looking at all the prior issues, and it's the same exact image. Right, right, right. 
Yeah, basically. Huh. I, I just think it's hilarious that Eric <laughs> is like, yeah, I'm going to keep it. Dude, he's a diehard. Like, listen, I know we were talking about, like, it's weird, but, like, I think it's kind of cool. There's part of me that thinks it's cool that, like, he's just yeah. got that in him to fucking see this stuff through. I mean, I mean, yeah. it's shit posting at its most beautiful. <laughs> I wouldn't describe it as that. <laughs> shit posting. Yeah, he's, yeah, he, he's, he's trolling. No, it's a so. joke. It's sincere. No, I don't think so. Me? I think he just wants it to match, and then he's going to move on. He's a completionist, dude. I don't think it's shit posting at all. It's sincere, and that's kind of what's crazy. Because he shouldn't care. He shouldn't give a shit. He should totally move on. The business move to make would have been to start with ant number one. A triumphant number one. Instead, he made sure to do this, like, issue 12. He even said that, right? He's like, I know it's probably against my interests, basically, but I have to do, I have to close out the series. Yeah, he did say that, actually. It's wild. It's wild as hell. Ant, as an experiment, is wild as hell. And I love when Eric, like, fucking just goes for something weird and experimental. It's usually almost always an awesome and interesting thing to be exposed to, if nothing else. So I want to talk. Listen, questions. Uh, so so we're done. Like, first of all, I think I feel like we gave good impressions on, like, what we feel about the issue and what we think about it. I want to talk about the future. So our interesting conversation topic was what did you guys think and are you on board? And I know that we kind of are, but, like, tell me, like, your guys' sort of feelings on, like, the future of Ant. Like, number one, and going forward, like, how are you feeling? You feeling excited for this? You feeling, I think, Jim, you kind of alluded that you're still kind of up in the air. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't Eric, I probably wouldn't read this. Okay, is that's ult- fair. Is ultimately the takeaway I have. Uh, that's not, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Ericisms in this, so that's kind of what the attraction is there for me. Um, Absolutely. But if this had been drawn by Gully, although if it had been if it had been scripted by Larson, I probably still would have had some interest in it. It's hard to say, but really the only reason I'm reading it is because Eric's name's on it. Because I've never, ever cared about Ant. Ever. And you said you still don't feel any particular way yet. I mean, again, I like Ant now because I like how Eric draws her and does stuff with her. It feels like an Eric Larson character now. Um, I'm not really as sold on the concept, uh, her premise, as Craig is. Uh, but I might get there. We'll see. Craig, the future. Uh, I think in many ways I agree with Jim. Like, when Ant came out, I bought issue one and two. Um, one, to check it out, and two, because Arachnid was on the cover. And Savage Dragon was guest starring. But I was not a fan of the art. I feel like Mario's art, whereas like if he's doing pinups and stuff, I mean, he's, he is a good artist, but I feel like he does a lot of amateur stuff. When you look at, when you get through an issue and you're like, ah, oh, this guy really can't do sequentials as, as well as maybe, you know. 
everyone thinks. I, I didn't think he was good enough to be an image comic, you know? Like, I, I feel like his stuff was okay. I just felt like it mimicked McFarlane, but it was definitely not as good. Um, I didn't like the characters that much. I don't know. It just wasn't, to me, it wasn't a quality comic. Mm-hmm. Although the concept and, and the characters look kind of neat. So I ended it with two. And uh, same as with, with Jim, like I feel like if Eric didn't do this, I would probably have no interest because it was a little over-the-top, cheesecake-y. Like, it felt like it was just an excuse to draw like tits and ass, but like there was no real story behind it. Now that Eric has it, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with it. I mean, the character's cool-looking. Um, I'm not completely sold on this issue 12 um we'll see how the original how the the you know issue one and the, the series goes going on but this 12 it was okay it was just a little kind of cut and dry i feel like he needed to get that set up in but you know i think issue one really needs to wow me and i think it needs to wow the audience or he's gonna lose him real quick that's fair that's real fair um, I kind of just mirror a little bit of what you said there is that uh, I really did enjoy the issue as an Eric Larson fan. I did not feel particular, particularly blown away by it. And uh, I'm glad in for that reason, I'm glad it's a number 12 and not a number one. Right. And when number one comes out, it needs to be a fucking barn burner. I mean, Savage Dragon number one still hits like a motherfucker, and it's been almost 30 years. Yeah. So I just think that if you compared, like, uh, Savage Dragon number one to this Ant number 12, it's no contest. No. Like, it's a significantly better number one. So, so, that's a good point. So that being said, uh, I really, really hope that he just goes fucking all out for number Ant number one. Uh, I am very, I'm super, for some reason, I'm super into the concept. Uh, I really love the idea that there's this government faction that is uh, evil. I don't think Eric's done uh, too much with that. And I think that there's a character that exists in name only, Gadget Man, and I'm just super fucking intrigued about the <laughs> idea of Gadget Man and Ant, like just being, uh, Ant just going out on missions. The idea that I have in my head of Ant is that she kind of just goes around, so I don't even have her tied to, like, one city, necessarily. But again, there's all kinds of things for me to be very, very excited about with this. It's uh, another character in another city that is not Chicago. It's a character that, for all intents and purposes, seems to travel, which is awesome. We haven't seen much of that in Savage Dragon. Like, usually it gravitates around a city, and then that's it. Whether it's Toronto or Chicago, Savage Dragon is like placed in one location. I think that it is uh, a chance for Eric to deliver some arcs, which is something that Savage Dragon has not done. And uh, honestly, more than anything, I think it's just cool to see Eric experiment. And so I think that this is a kick-ass book for the experimental visuals. I'll be interested to see like where he pushes this and like if he tries to take it new like we all know Eric gets bored and changes shit up like will he eventually render the book like more rendered 
you know, what what's going to happen? Like, I'm, I'm just more into what's going to happen. And I think the character has a shit ton of potential. That being said, I'm thankful this wasn't number one. I think if this was number one, it would have flopped like a fish. Whereas, as an issue number 12, it's kind of like, well, it is interesting, you know? Just not a fan, not a huge fan of Amnesia. Yeah. Just it's just been done a fucking ton. And so I'll be really glad when that part of Ant is just in the rearview mirror. And we're just telling Ant stories. I just hope that one comes out, like you said. Like, he gives it his all. Like, it's, you know, I'm not sure what, what to expect. But I think he needs to remind people, like, top-tier Eric Larson shit is, like, insane. You know what I mean? And I yes. hope that number one does that the the thing like i mentioned and i'm not going to kill it is the the kind of the very loose background characters kind of kills it for a lot of people of course dude yeah i mean it's a reality is that like when people see it they don't react well for it typically we have seen something i think to give hope is we've seen other ant like previews the kind of one where she's like beating up the you know dc batman rogues gallery pastiches and uh it seemed more rendered than this yeah i forgot about that it's a good mention that's a weird group of characters and like how does that tie in with the illuminati if at all i think i think there's uh, gonna be interesting things man i mean I, new york is uh where most and it's in new york right yeah i believe so so new york's where most of the marvel uh heroes are based around and i just cannot see eric with his love of doing like comics meta i can't see him not like leaning in on that and having fun i just can't see it i, I feel like we're gonna get some daily bugle fucking fantastic four you know baxter building i, I just feel like we're gonna get some hell's kitchen I just feel like there's going to be fun had with this title. I hope so. We'll see. And, and even like the appearance of Daredevil suggests that it, like we could even see more SOS stuff. That's true. Right. The SOS has been so absent from Savage Dragon. And I mean, rightly so. But I'm just saying like, man, just are we going to get like backup comics like we do in Savage Dragon? Like it's just there's a lot of potential here, dude. I just I feel like if he if he if he can't if he wanted to, I feel like this could be a fucking incredible kick ass thing. Just you know, we'll see. Do you think that Eric just keeps all the writing and you know penciling inking to himself, or do you think he could open it up down the line to like guest writers or something? Kind of like My- what McFarlane did. You want to know what I think versus what I want? <laughs> What's that? I think that he's never going to, like, let go. I think that he's going to, like, always want to be, like, a writer at least, minimum. Right. But what, what I want is I would I would love for him to be open to, like, you know, doing some just editorializing, like, oversight. Like, you know, he could set the pace, kind of like with Freak Force. I've been enjoying our time with Freak Force during the right. retros. I'd well, here's another them. thing, too. What about him having guest pencilers? Whereas he doesn't have to worry about, like, you know, he's all about his streak on Savage Dragon, but if he's following behind and there's, you know, someone 
with chops out there who wanted to do a guest pencil, you think he'd be open to it? I don't or think, do you think he the w- same thing that he wants to keep it tight to. I don't think he would because he's a completionist, but I would love to see him do it. I think there's a ton of talent that would love to like, uh, I mean, you, dude, you know, like we've seen, there's so many talented dudes. It's weird. Cause like Savage Dragon has like just a roster of talent, like even just around it. But, and that's, and that's what I'm thinking. Like, you know how like with McFarlane spawn sales have been pretty good through the years, but I think it also attributes it to not getting stale with like having different writers or artists on there. Right. And I feel like that's something that Eric can let go of a little bit. Maybe by, by having like the guest writers or artists would help keep interest in Ant. You know what I mean? Absolutely, dude. I listen. That's the thing. The only difference between Kirkman and Eric is that Kirkman is more than willing to bring on like extra collaborators. Right. And like where Savage Dragon is so near and dear to Eric, and I get it because, dude, I'm yeah, absolutely. I'm drawing my near and dear thing, and I can right. never, I can never let anyone lay hands to it because it's too important to me. But like, I absolutely would love to see him not treat Ant as near and dear. And you gotta imagine—I mean, it, it, it's not even a character he created, so he doesn't yeah. have that attachment, right? And we're—we're not we're even talking about like it doesn't even have to be a constant reboot mess like the original Ant no, series no, was. I'm just saying like fill in artists here and there, just drum up excitement. Think about Kirk. Kirkman's a great example because Kirkman's got Larson vibes like crazy. Obviously, he's a, like a son of Eric Larson. But like, basically, like I want you to think about how sweet it was as a Kirkman fan between like Astonishing Wolfman or Astounding Wolfman, Tech Jacket, um, the Rexplode and Adam Eve mini, like you know, uh, fucking Brit. Brit, yeah. It's like all Guarding these series. the globe. Guardians of the Globe. I did not. Thank you. Think of all these series. And it's like, yeah, yeah, for your purist, you had Invincible. And that was Kirkman. And that was Otley. And that was, like, uh, you know, Corey Walker. And, like, I get it. That that remained pure. But then Kirkman let himself be open to letting those other series be worked on by other creators. And, man, I think that a lot of gold came out of that. What about you, Jim? Would you like to see that sort of, like, level of... Would you like to see Ant open up, or do you want it to be Larson pure? I could see it going both ways, to be honest, for the same reasons you guys do. I'm mostly here for Eric's art, so... And his writing, of course. If Eric left, would you drop it? Probably immediately. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Hmm. I'm surprised. What yeah, about you, Craig? If Eric's at least writing it, then I'm here for it. But if he's okay. not, then no. It, what about if, editorializing it Freak Force style? It would really depend what writer came in to replace him. It'd have to be someone that I... I would give it one issue to wow me. And if uh, it did not, then I would be gone. Hmm. One issue, huh? One. I'm done. Wow. And you're still reading crossover. It's crazy. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I like that idea, Craig. I like that idea a lot, dude. I like. It's not that I don't want Eric to do two books. I t- 
totally fucking do. But I could see a scenario where Eric gets overwhelmed doing two books and decides, no, no, Savage Dragon is suffering too much. I must end Ant. Or the other side of the coin is he could be like, oh, well, Ant didn't perform. And so I must, you know, end Ant. And I just wish that instead of the conversation being, I must end Ant in either of those scenarios. I must I end just, the Savage Dragon. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't break the streak. Now, I'm just saying I wish, like Craig said, I wish he would just, instead of it being like Ant must die, I wish he would be like, well, my run on Ant ends. Allow me to open the floor up with Ant to another creator. Right. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. What? Wow. Well, yeah. That's, I think we've said our piece, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is Number nice. It is, it is nice to have a second book, though. No matter what it is. Yeah, man. I mean, in a, in a lot of ways, how many fincasts have we lamented the fact that, like, we don't have our Freak Force-style second book anymore. Right. We, we we did Supreme, and we did Ninja Turtles. And generally speaking, it's nice to have two books. Yeah. And to finally get Ant, because how many years have we been... Talking about Ant a long time. Uh, we'll, we'll have to do some research of whether this was uh, longer than uh, Scooby-Doo uh, van. <laughs> the Scooby-Doo van, yeah. How long that you went from what the fuck is that to uh, to uh, Kung Fu, uh, Giant Size Kung Fu Bible Stories. You know, it's funny. I wonder sometimes if we taught Eric not to throw out things he's thinking about. Because the romance Because we story, just keep bringing it up. <laughs> right. In every interview. The romance movie uh, plot, you know, that's done. He said in an interview that he killed that. The ant finally came out. The Scooby Doo Mystery House. Wait, what's up. the romance movie plot? Remember, he um, t- he talked about this. He he wrote us. He was either wrote or was writing a romance, n- non action oh, romance uh, movie script. Ooh. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Just to say he could. Just for fun. Yeah. It's so strange. You know what? Less strange than you think. I mean, like artists and creators always want to like explore. Well, think about it. Eric has always been kind of negative about the possibilities of Savage Dragon the movie, but he never said anything about he didn't have you know ideas for movies. They just they just they're not Savage Dragon. I thought all he thought about was Savage Dragon. (laughs) It does. It does. It does, does seem that way. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> that's nah, what I would hope the mysteries are solved I'm just saying like there is no think about it is there another thing like we got Ant the Scooby Doo house mm. like the, he can he confirmed that the murder mystery is done there's no other thing right uh there's always something <laughs> he's not buying another comic store I forgot uh, he bought a comic store he's not selling us fruit pies <laughs> home run pies question one last question there is actually something we haven't addressed uh, talking about Savage Dragon being precious and how he never wants to see a Savage Dragon like cartoon series or movie really ever again 
what, what do you guys would would you like to see? Would you like to see Ant get some multimedia treatment? Hmm. I mean, I think it would be more for Eric's sake. Be viable. It's very viable. But 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 again, I, I think it's a case of Eric not really interested. He has to, he would have to give up too much control. I asked what you would like to see, Mr. Purcell. What would you like to see? Reality. <laughs> I don't I don't think that Eric would be as concerned about control with Ant. Again, he didn't create the character, so I don't think he's Oh yeah, cat cash, cash the check and go fuck yourself. I'm just saying I would like to see him make some money with Ant. And if it means a TV show on Amazon, it's the Alan that's Moore the Alan Moore way. Make that money, dude. If if people want to like property, turn Ant into some fucking property, let them. Ant statues, Ant action figures, like get out of town. You tell me what an easy action figure that'd be to make. You just make a form and you paint it red. <laughs> Case fucking closed. Any toy maker would love that shit. Are you kidding me? Let's be real. Raven Perez would love that shit. Raven Perez would love that shit. <laughs> Come on, cosplayers. Ant. Come on, e-girls. Ant. All right. Well, I think we said our piece. I think we got to take a look to the future. To Savage Dragon 260. Torment Triumphant. The Mad Menace Torment has come to Toronto seeking revenge against Malcolm Dragon. That's August 11th and August 25th. Ant number one. Ant, who is she and how she came to be? Eric Larson takes on a whole new wall crawler. Ant's epic adventure kicks off with this all-new origin issue. A new ongoing title by Eric Larson. How do you like that read? <laughs> Pretty good. That's <laughs> exactly it. Tune in. <laughs> Tune in next time for the Astonishing Ant. Here, I got your Ant action figure right here, Raven. Uh-oh. Nothing, makes, nothing makes good podcasting like a visual. Yeah. <laughs> for the listener, for the listener only, Jim has sent me uh, a, a super... A dick picture. Arti- <laughs> it's just painted red. <laughs> God damn it, Jim. <laughs> Where'd you get that red penny so fast? Um, no, it's just a, there's a new drawing figure, and it literally has a face that looks like ants. Like, if you just put an antenna on it, it'd be perfect. It's actually not. There is it's, a, it's, not, it's not really a drawing figure. It's a, it's a blank action figure for customs. And they, have a, perfect and they have a red version, so all the skin is red. But is it, like, red chrome? No, no, it's not. The paint. When you gotta you, paint. Gotta, you gotta paint those black swirls on. I don't want to paint black swirls. I want chrome. I want them to reflect my. You know that's reflections, right? Right. <laughs> I want to reflect a reality around me, man. I want to see my face in Ant's ass. <laughs> well, there is a silver one. There's a statue that came out. Of Ant? Yeah. Now I gotta Google. Well, I, I believe that. I mean, that that's the kind of thing that uh, statue makers would kick down your door for. That ant license. In like <laughs> in like twenty two thousand five. Well, it's pretty cool too. 
It's not as chrome as I would have liked. I mean, I don't really read her as chrome. You don't see all that shininess as chrome? I mean, it's... No, I see it as, like, gummy stuff. Yeah, I see it more as gummy as well. It's more plastic. Rubber. Uh, Like, this statue is not... uh, is not is not correct either, because uh, it's not it's, it doesn't it doesn't quite have the. Uh, it's hard to explain, but you know, no, I don't read it as chrome. It's definitely more rubber to me. I bet I know what you're saying. It doesn't have that wet look. Right. right? It doesn't have the wet look. The the statue we're talking about. Yeah. Is glazed. There a, is there material? Yeah, glaze. Yep. I was literally about to say, is there material that has that wet look? Glaze. Goddamn, Craig, you're a genius, dude try wow um hey man and i think it's fucking awesome i think it's exciting i'm excited for it who would you cast as ant in the ant movie <laughs> I, I think it would have to be a cgi movie i think it'd have to be jennifer lopez she's too old now yeah you might want to check your kidding uh... she still looks what I'm kidding? not saying she doesn't look good. I'm just saying she's too old now. Yeah, you definitely got to go younger. <laughs> okay, who's the new Astro? And and and, and lither. Lither. <laughs> That's not a word anyone uses. <laughs> what was the word? Lithe. No, but you said lither. Yeah, lither. <laughs> lither. Either, either, neither, lither. <laughs> I think we're going off the rails. Yeah, dude. I think it's time to end this. Put it out of its misery. <laughs> straight into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, dear listeners. <laughs> you lithe fellows. Thank you for listening, lithers. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> All right, we're done. Yep, that's it. Stopping recording.